if you have a gun in the house, you're more likely to die of a gunshot wound. If you have a blender in your house, you're more likely to die by getting fed inch by inch, limb by limb into that blender by a psychopath who invaded your house in the middle of the night than you are if you didn't have a blender in your house. Yeah, all you got to do is you don't own a blender, and then the fucking uh, Southside blender killer comes in your house and is like, shit. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I got to get out of this place. I don't have a plan B. (laughs) And that's how you protect yourself, guys. Welcome to the A Better Way to a Podcast. We are your hosts, Andrew. He's Andrew. I'm Jordan. And I'm Jordan. Thank you for joining us today. We're Jordan. We are Jordan. We are Legion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're a hive mind, like the DNC. That's Um, right. So this episode is a alternate episode. Uh, It's being recorded for three days. You don't need to explain this. You don't need to go into this. I mean, it's good. It's a little behind the scenes, a little taste, a little taste of what, what, uh, how the sausage is made. Yeah. yeah, Well, nobody wants to know how the sausage is made. Let's be honest. We don't want to know what's in the sausage. We just want it to taste good. But, (laughs) um, we've, we've, we, uh, our last guest who we had a a great time with, um, we just have a ton of editing issues, unfortunately, with it. So, uh, we're recording this a few days before it's going to come out. So, we're going to be talking about some current events, uh, recent events, not current as in they are ongoing, but uh, I guess sort of, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and see where it goes. Uh, this is a late night podcast. It is quarter to 10 here, so it is officially well within reason to be cracking open some spirits. Andrew is drinking some beer that has fermented into a liquor. Manhattan. <laughs> no, oh, it's distilled into a liquor. Oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, I'm drinking some Glen Levet that was meant for somebody else. <laughs> stolen, <laughs> stolen gift. No, no, it was, it was, I bought it. I, I, my friend came over and helped me with some plumbing, like your, saved your me a shit ton of money. Your wife cleverly cracked it, cracked it open. Yeah. Uh, she's oh, like, are oops. you blaming me for everything? My bad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's Uh-oh. a 15 Guess year I'm old bottle it. of Glenlivet. I was, I've never, I don't buy super expensive whiskey. My, my, my whiskey is usually like 40 bucks a bottle or under over. Something yeah, some around people that think area. that's pretty expensive. Well, I would say like for a drink, it is expensive, but like for a whiskey, it's pretty Middle middle of the road. I think back um, in uh, like 2009, 2010, I used to buy Jack Daniels, and that was about $40 a bottle. $40 for a handle. Yeah, 40 for a handle is is like fairly inexpensive yeah. for a handle, I think. I don't yeah. know. There's, yeah, yeah. If you go less than $40 for a handle of whiskey, you're, you're putting you're, yourself you're at risk. You're taking some risks. Yeah, that's some old granddad uh, <laughs> whiskey that you're, that you're drinking there. That's, you're you're going to feel that at both ends. Um, but he helped me with some plumbing. I, actually, James, smart guy James, the guy who was on like episode three <laughs> or four or something like that. Um, he's super handy. Fixed some plumbing in my old ass house. Saved me probably seven hundred bucks. He drinks wow. whiskey. Yeah, he's a plumber uh, and and a professor. He does a lot of stuff. But so I was like, I'm gonna buy him a hundred and forty dollar bottle of whiskey as a gift because I'm and still I'm saving money. Drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I saved it for a month. Okay, I haven't seen him in a month. <laughs> if he wanted his fucking gift, he, he had come all and got it. the opportunity in the world. 
Yeah. To come get this. And that's what I, that's what I'm saying about y'all's uh, Christmas packages that I haven't sent yet. That became New Year's packages and now are going to be February <laughs> packages. <laughs> Why did they get this present in May? <laughs> I'm like, well, what you could have just it? come and got it, Jordan. Did you send me a Martin Luther King gift, you fucking weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that weird? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a uh, fun fact. Do you know no uh, standing president has criticized the CIA since Kennedy? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Or at least openly. Makes you think. I'm not saying anything <laughs> specifically Makes about the CIA. Nobody's listening to my opinions on the CIA. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not standing in front of uh, the, the free world and saying the CIA is a corrupt organization. Talking to y'all, and y'all probably agree with me. So, yeah. Anyway. They're like, yeah, we do be corrupt. You got us. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, was Operation Northwoods with the CIA, or was that uh, I think it was just DOD, was. man. Really? Maybe. I like it was, no. Man, I, I don't, don't fucking know. What is it? All right. Operation um, Northwoods. Are you looking it up right now? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm a fact. Che- we don't have a fact checker, so I gotta no. fucking do it myself. Somebody wants to be a fact checker for free. Uh, you're you're welcome to do that for us. You can come and hang out with us and, and fact check us live. I feel like all good. Originated within the U.S. Department of Defense and the United States government. Okay. All right. Let me, let me just search to know. So for those who don't know, Operation Northwoods was a proposed... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, CIA. CIA. Oh, okay. okay. So, I was going to oh, okay, say, okay, go, go ahead. definitely some spooky yeah. boys in there. Um, Operation Northwoods was during the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, and it was a proposed plan by the president and i forget who was sitting president at that time but um or standing uh to have a laying down yeah essentially stage a terrorist attack on u.s soil and then blame it on the cubans as a way for us to invade uh with public support um not that we've ever done that before you know gulf of tonkin but um that was uh it never ended up happening uh, and like all fancy, uh, fun reading materials, it was declassified about 60 years later <coughs> or 50 years later or something like that when nobody gave a shit anymore. So now, you know, there's tons of stuff out there to, uh, lower your trust in the government if it isn't already at the uh, lowest it could possibly be. But anyway, what do you say we get this shindig rolling? Yeah, let's go. So we have, uh, we have a few things we wanted to talk about. There, what's today's date? Today is the 23rd. So a few days ago was the Chinese Lunar New Year. And there were actually two shootings in the same day, right? Yeah. So, uh, was there? Shit. Or like one right after the other. I think one was Saturday night, one was Sunday morning. Fuck, dude. But it was like the Sunday morning one was a much smaller one. Unfortunately, you know, we have to compare the two. But um, Saturday night was in... Monterey Park? Yes, Monterey Park. Okay. I'm sure 12 12 minutes ago, uh, at least seven dead in Half Moon Bay shooting live updates, and then 16 minutes ago, Monterey Park Wait, is that current? Like, is that happening right now? That's a great question. Let's go see. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, yeah. So the Half Moon Bay one is the second in three days. Okay. All right. So that was the one after the Monterey Park one. Yeah, okay. Uh, the sad state of guy, affairs that shows you what fucking confusion there is about how many about the multiple back to back fucking mass shootings. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody's made an app yet 
a mass shooting tracker that just gives you like real time updates they, and, they and did, locations. But it was it was bullshit because it included um, like gang shootings and stuff like that. Oh yeah, no, um, not every <clears throat> town for gun violence, but uh, one of those gun groups made it. And yeah, it was, yeah. Like, yeah, it was a mass shooting. One of the blue page groups. And, yeah, it was. It was like we've had since seven hours ago 631 mass shootings all across the right. country it was just completely overinflated <laughs> numbers it was, they didn't, no it wasn't that but they didn't use the fbi's definition of a mass shooting which is four or more people shot yeah. or killed in a uh in a single incident but um yeah 10 people dead i think over 10 people wounded um and the guy was on the run for a while and they finally found him in a white van the 72 he, year old yeah, or he offed himself as uh, as they were walking up to him. That's crazy, man. Yeah, shot up a Highly dance club where people were having a fun time. Yeah, and uh, then took the cowards' way out. What a bummer! So, the thing that the the conversation that keeps coming up, and this is this is something that you know we've we've beaten a dead horse about, but I think it's important to talk about because I don't know if we've ever discussed it ad nauseum on this podcast is. The conversation that comes up after every mass shooting, and it sounds gross that we have to say every mass shooting because they happen so frequently, um, is how do we prevent the next one? And we all have ideas. We all have ways that we think are going to help stem the violence. Um, but I think it's important to kind of hammer out some of the things that separate us. At least, I mean, we're talking as individuals here. We, we don't represent the entire pro-gun movement, uh, whereas it, it seems a lot of these gun rights organizations kind of say the same stuff. But um, I would say, actually, you know, compared to the majority of, of gun owners, we probably have a little bit more of a progressive stance on how to go about actually affecting uh you know, minimizing gun control because it has to go into like healthcare and mental health and things like that. A lot of people say mental health, but I don't think anybody really realizes yeah, for some what people it's kind of a cop out, right? Like yeah. they don't even really know what that means. Mental health. No, well they say it and then the argument's over. Like their, their responsibility like, to contribute. It's not a gun problem. It's a mental health problem. And it's like, okay, well how would Period, you fix that Don't problem? talk to me about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> follow, <laughs> follow that a little bit. Can you elaborate? Uh, no, I no, haven't ever. I've refused. Yeah. I don't believe in modern medicine. You wouldn't understand. Why are you talking like that? I don't know. That's just my, <laughs> I, know, it's just my I, I can't explain it. Um, and likewise, you know, we, we always hear the anti-gun crowd saying the same things. It's, it's constantly ban AR-15s. It, and it's only when a mass shooting happens with an AR-15, even though the majority of mass shootings are committed with handguns. Very rarely do you ever hear anyone from these groups saying we need to do something about handguns. It's always, High capacity magazines, which are standard capacity magazines, and assault yeah. weapons. Or in the in this case, <clears throat> I think I saw a CNN headline that was like semi automatic assault pistol. Like what the yeah, fuck? Thank you. you. Very cool, CNN. Yeah, we we hear the same arguments. It's this is the thing that's frustrating, and this is the thing that we need to talk about more often because I think what we're lacking in this conversation is good faith arguments, meaning. Uh, we talked about this on the Patreon. I don't think we talked about it in, in the episode yet, but having a conversation with somebody without the intent of, with somebody on the opposite end of the aisle, or even on your side, uh, without the intent or, of... Uh, sort of, you know, ir irrespective of, of who it is that you're talking to, just sort of like honestly representing yourself and being open to a response. 
Yes. Being honest with the problem, about the problem, and being honest with what you think is, is the solution. Um, and I think a lot of times what we find is because the situation has been overly politicized and politics in general have become something that, uh, you know, we were talking about this the other day, how when I was a kid, my parents wouldn't even tell me who they voted for because it was like, no, we don't talk about that. You don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion. And now, you know, we see why, because people cannot talk about politics. Unfortunately, the issue of gun control has been so heavily politicized that you have this this like fiendish uh, tribalism now uh, inhibiting people, adults who have adult brains, from having normal conversations with each other about the problem. If this was an issue like in your household where you know a family member wasn't taking out the trash. You wouldn't call them a piece of shit and saying they want to live in trash because they're yeah. not doing so. You just so. want to live in filth, you fucking Yeah, you pig. fucking disgusting human being because you don't know. You'd figure out why they're not remembering <laughs> to take out the trash, and maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that you're not yeah. aware of. And if that but, does sound familiar to you, if that is what your household sounds like, you might be living in an abusive situation. Exactly. But everyone's fine with either. talking politics that way, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's normalized. It's if and it's and it feels so strange to be the odd man out when you're having conversations with somebody and not screaming at them and they're not screaming at you and you're like wow like it should be this easy all the time and unfortunately it's not but the the problem that i find that that i've run into at least personally um having the instagram page cuz i'll go out of my way to comment on which sometimes against my best judgment comment on some of these posts with reasonable takes in my in my eyes um meaning watch out we got I'm, a reasonable guy over here we got a reasonable nuanced individual here god damn it um which means talking to somebody the way that I would be talking to them if I was in person with them and saying something you know I think reason re- recently I commented on uh one of the newtown groups who was saying uh you know, this is, this is another shooting that keeps happening, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I said something along the lines of, well, we need to be spending more time on addressing the problem and focusing on actual tangible solutions instead of trying the same things over and over again, like passing an AR, an assault weapons ban or gun confiscation or universal background checks, whatever it is, Something that at this point has not passed, and it, it something like a, like an assault weapons ban and gun confiscation is completely impractical. Even if it was ever passed, which it won't, because it's largely unconstitutional. And if it did get passed, we wouldn't have much to worry about because they're never going to go door to door and implement it because of the liability involved. We need to stop talking about these things because we're wasting time. And I say we because I assume. Both parties want to lower gun deaths. We don't want we don't want people to be killing each other with guns because as gun owners, it is in our best interest to do so because as gun owners, our rights are in jeopardy whenever somebody calls for more gun control. So it makes sense that we're we should be on the same side and we should be working together here. So I try to approach conversations like that and often it's it's usually a like a rubber band snap back. The person 
comes at, and I don't blame people for this because you're online, you're not seeing somebody in person, and your automatic assumption is that this person is probably just a wolf in sheep's clothing and they're just waiting for me to say something stupid so they can say, oh, it's a magazine, not a clip, and make me feel like an asshole or something like that. Um, so it's usually I get one kind of snarky comment back to that, and then usually by the second time I respond like, hey, I understand why you're upset because it's a very emotional issue, but this is what I think we should be doing. And then you hit them with something like the universal healthcare card or uh, investing in disproportionately marginalized communities argument, which I fully believe would contribute to lowering gun violence. Then they're like, okay, maybe this guy isn't like the Trump dude that argued with me in a Starbucks six months ago, and maybe I should have a normal <laughs> conversation with this guy or gal because they don't yeah. know who, who I am. Um, and and it sucks because we don't really have the opportunity to have these conversations in person uh, because it very rarely is something that actually comes up in person. I think the internet gives us a false impression of how often yeah, these things are talked about true. with people who disagree with you. Because if in your own circles, they come up. Yeah, sure. Like if you're, if you've got, if you're hanging out with your gun bros, uh, then you're going to talk about the shooting that came up. It's just going to come up and you're kind of, yeah. you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir though. So it's not really a conversation. Well, but, and, but even when it's not, even when it's not preaching to the choir, even when I have conversations in person with people that don't necessarily agree with me or, or are like, you know, completely opposed to, to how I feel about guns. I feel like it's still easier in person to have uh, absolutely you know, a good faith conversation because, you know, you're looking at the motherfucker that you're talking yeah. to, you know, you're responsible like, for the things you say and you're, yeah. you're, you're you're held accountable for that. Yeah. And and you, and also the the person is humanized that you're talking to. You're not just talking to some Absolutely. fucking uh talking head on the other end of the internet. You know, you're you're face to face with this person. You can see you know how affected they are by the conversation that you're having. And you know, I find that that a lot of people that I've talked to in person about it are deeply affected and, and really concerned about people's lives and safety. Um and and, and we're coming at it of- from a Sorry. sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, no, I, I'm sorry. I thought you had a natural pause. Continue. Oh no, no. I, I was just saying we're coming at it from a different, uh, from different perspectives. But, but you know, you, you, you can tell when someone is 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 still trying to like address the same problem. You are, um, absolutely. If you're looking at the same shape from a different perspective, it might look like a different shape to that person. And especially, you know, if it's a three dimensional shape, I don't know if you've ever seen that that uh, image where the person's looking at a three from the side versus a three from the front. And it's the same thing, but it looks different to depending on the perspective that you're viewing it from. Sure. And that's, you know, one of the things that, that, I, that I think is huge when you're talking in person is most likely, if you're having a conversation about guns in person, most likely that person already knows you and you've built a rapport with that person. Likely they respect you, at least to a degree, to allow you to voice your opinion and then to respond respectively. That's something that is very difficult to do online. And it's, yeah, for sure. it's something that, you know, because the majority of our interactions on this happen online, I think we really, as a community, have to get better about addressing it. Because even on our page, which I, I give our followers a ton of credit, because I would say the vast majority of people who comment on, uh, you know, shooting posts that, that we make about, about a, a shooting that happened or about something that happened involving cops, I would say the vast majority of people are level-headed and and have like decent takes. 
the people who comment, I'm sure there are people who just read it and right, are just right. seething. Really? Um, like like anywhere, yeah. But um, you know, even even on our posts, I see sometimes where somebody who clearly doesn't follow the page, who is is anti gun to the core. We had this recently, and I I spun my wheels with this person for two days and the DMs, which, you know, on and off. I, I worked for some of that. Right, right. So it wasn't like, it wasn't two days no, of actually talking. Every, every minute, every but, hour. Yeah, but I, I gave this person, and I can honestly say this, I gave this person 100% effort to explain my point of view and where we were coming from. And she was so far past the ability to have this conversation, like logically. She was blaming us as gun owners blaming the page as a, as a gun page for her brother attempting suicide years ago. Uh, and, and she was saying now he follows your page and now he wants to get a gun. And what if he tries it again? That's going to be your fault. And like when somebody says something like that, I I immediately, I I don't take it personally because this is a deeply hurt person and they're obviously dealing with trauma, trauma. man. Yeah. 100%. And I, and I said, you know, I'm I'm so sorry to hear about your brother. And I I wish she asked, do you think people like my brother should have guns? You think people who want to kill themselves should have guns? And I said, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother. I, I hope he's doing better now. But no, I, I don't think people who are suicidal, actively suicidal, should should have guns. But I don't think it should be a governmental intervention. Right. And I don't think uh, that, that it, takes as, that away as, from them. As someone who has uh, contemplated and planned suicide in the past, I will tell you, once it's not like once you have been suicidal, you are always at risk for being suicidal. You know, it, it's it's people have like propensities for sure, but it's not a it's not a situation where it's like you know oh it could come back at any time. You know, it it I mean it certainly could I suppose, but you know if you're doing the work, if you're going to therapy, if you're in a better place in your life. There's no reason why you shouldn't, you know, enjoy your your full uh your freedom and your rights uh and 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 you know be a self-determining uh self-protecting person. And this is one of the things that brings me to one of my I think most effective interventions that if we could implement effectively, we would see a huge decrease in in gun deaths. And I'm not I don't like using the term gun violence because it's violence, it just happens to there happens to be a gun involved, but I think the violence would still be there regardless. Sure, guns make it easier to commit violence. It's like a remote, you know, point and, point and click. Yeah, for sure. If you had to get up every time you had to change the channel on the TV, you'd well, be yeah. watching the same it, channel much more often. But People who um, want to do violence choose guns for the same reason that people want to protect themselves choose guns. Because it's, exactly. it's a great tool for, for that job. Exactly. Um, but you said going to therapy, taking doing the work uh, to ensure that your mental health is is improving and and maintains at a level that is safe for you to be a gun owner, um, that is a huge thing that I think we take for granted. As somebody who has a job with health insurance, um, and it sounds like you have health insurance, um, I'm fortunate enough to have good health insurance. I go sure. to therapy once a week or once every two weeks, depending on my schedule. I, yeah, I, don't, I, think, I don't get I don't get a I don't have a, a therapy covered by insurance, but I make enough money that I can pay for my own. Therapy. Yeah, which is that is like which I mean, is it's which a is huge privilege. privilege. Like yes, absolutely. So you're compensated and, one way or the other for it. You know exactly, exactly. And now you have you know the accessibility is is some people will argue like well you can just go to a shrink like you have these apps now. If you've ever downloaded the app BetterHelp and tried to get yeah. a shrink through there. It's like two hundred dollars a session. Let's use, and let's use therapy. Shrink is kind of a derogatory uh, term. Did for, I say shrink? Uh, 
Yeah, you said shrink a couple times. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said there. Oh, I said therapy, yeah. and then I said shrink. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you get, you I'm said, sorry. You, get a sh- you said get a shrink through uh through BetterHelp. Through BetterHelp. Okay. Is it derogatory? It's 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 kind of it's kind of um uh, demeaning of of therapists. It's you know it comes from the term head shrinker. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. So your therapist. Um. It is. It is. Two hundred dollars is extremely. Uh. It, it's a lot it of is, fucking it's money. A bar- yeah, it's, all, it's a barrier for uh, the vast yeah. uh, a large and, amount of people. And most and most insurance doesn't uh, doesn't pay for better help. Also, just FYI. Correct. And that being said, if you have if if you're going to better help, you're probably you probably don't have great insurance in the first place, and. Therapy is right. probably out of the realm of possibility, or at least at least and, not practical. Yeah. Um. And this and is used, a huge. I've sorry. used BetterHelp, and I and I've had you know, mixed results on it. And I think it really depends on how much work you're willing to put into it, and 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 yeah. what kind of therapist you get on the other end. There, the problem is, is there's there's a well. First, before I get off topic, um, there the inaccessibility of mental health care is something that is a huge driving force in firearm deaths. 66%, yeah, and, and, and just to be, to be clear, we're talking about suicides because mostly mentally ill people are not a danger to other people. They're a danger no. to themselves. Exactly. So when we're talking about mental health and guns uh, and the, the deaths that that causes, we're talking about suicides, which represents more than half of gun deaths in this country annually. Exactly. I'm talking about specifically suicides. And, and you, I mean, feel free to lump in the, 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 few times where a mentally ill individual uh in crisis has has killed other people with a gun um the the vast percent the vast majority of them yeah it's uh, not, are very not a danger many. to other people um two thirds two thirds is not of of any number is not an insignificant amount and the fact that you have such a a, a such such a difficulty uh, that you have a paywall between people essentially being able to care for themselves and killing themselves in a, in a large, large portion of these cases. Um, whether it is obviously financial or the person is in such crisis that they feel that it's just too much work for them to get the help. Sure, sure. And, you know, and, therapists, therapists need to be paid. They're not going to work for free. Absolutely. Um, you can't just like enslave a therapist. Um, so the money has to come from somewhere, right? Um, yeah. And so I think that the the argument to be made here, uh, in terms of like like a public health care approach, is that instead of spending all this fucking money cleaning up the carnage from uh uh you know uh all this this uh these suicides and gun violence and all this stuff, wouldn't it be better to invest in uh, sort of um, addressing these root causes, right? Not to mention, it's something that's going to help the population as a whole. We just passed a uh, what one point seven trillion dollar budget recently, Gover- the governmental budget. Yeah, for sure. And I think I could be a couple digits off with this, but I think fifty eight percent of that went to private companies. Yeah. And granted, cool? a lot of that is Isn't the that military. Fun? What? Isn't that cool? Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's so sweet. Um, a lot of that is our military spending. A lot of our military spending goes to private companies like Raytheon and. Boeing and, and Lockheed Martin and things like actually I think Lockheed Martin and Boeing are the same company now but um it 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 makes sense sure we have to spend money on things like that but would it not be a net benefit to allocate 
a percentage of that funds to some kind of public program. You know, like we have we have Medicare and Medicaid. And I'm not saying like cuz I'm honestly my jury is still out on on single payer healthcare. I I don't sure. feel like I have enough information to make an educated uh and to have an educated opinion on it. Um in theory it sounds like it would be great. Uh but I also know that as as United as American citizens, we pay more in copays than most countries with socialized medicine right. pay in taxes for that socialized medicine. So um the the fact that we spend so much money on shit that the the American public does not see, does not benefit from, and we have we clearly have the money because we keep raising the debt ceiling. And it, it, I'm not an economist by any means. I'm also not a doctor. But um, well, that's the thing is we don't we don't really have the money to keep raising the debt ceiling. The reason no, we, we don't we don't. The reason but, we raise the debt ceiling is because we don't have the money to pay back the principal on the money that's been borrowed. So instead of default, so what what happens if you don't raise the debt ceiling? is you, you can't keep borrowing money. And so you, if you can't borrow more money, you can't keep paying interest payments on the money you've borrowed, right? And so when that happens, you default. And so the, the bottom line is if we don't raise the debt ceiling, we default, and the whole fucking economy uh, falls apart. Basically, uh, it's just all this, this big, uh, this, you know, the fucking hole that we've dug ourselves will collapse in on, on us. So when does, that, when does that bubble pop? Because we can't, Inevitably when, raise whenever the debt somebody ceiling. decides we're not going to raise the debt ceiling, then it, then it will pop. And then it's their fault for not raising the debt ceiling and right, not our exactly. fault for paying back the money when we right. were, were supposed exactly. to. And everyone's yeah. going to be mad at that person or those people for yeah. trying to stop the fucking downward spiral. So, man, that, that fucking sucks to think about. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's one perspective. That's like, you know, my libertarian yeah. perspective. There's, you know, no, some no. people think that. You know, uh, money is just uh, made up. It's not real, and we can just do whatever we want. Oh, I prefer to live in that yeah. world. <laughs> you know, because then when I look at my bank account, I I don't feel so bad. Well, you 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 know, it's, it's fucking. I don't I don't know if you want to like. I don't know how like into economics you want to get, but you know, it's like. I would say it's quarter after ten. We probably shouldn't get into economics yeah. too much if we want to maintain right. the energy in this Skip podcast. It. Skip it. Skip it. <laughs> We'll Next. uh we'll we'll put a bookmark in that. Um Yeah, we'll have an economist on. Yeah. Well, so you you essentially uh bitch slapped the point I was trying to make where uh we have this amount of money that uh, and I thank you for that because I probably would have kept going with it. But um there we with the amount of fervor that we have on the on I I hesitate to say the left, but I but liberals have for gun control. If we had that, which is largely impractical and intangible, is something are things that are just they're they're like they're they're dreams in the sky. Like it's, well, it's just, like it's like a, it's a mirage, right? It's like yeah. it's, you think it's an easy solution to an obvious problem, you yeah. know? Like let's 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 stop the next mass mass shooting, you know? What can we do to keep the next one from happening? But you know, there's always going to be a next one. Well, and the, the problem is 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 the. People fail to see the larger picture. They they they're staring at the hand directly in front of them, and they don't see the person standing behind the hand. There and what happens is is the mass shooting happens. Emotions are high. There are calls for gun control. There are calls for assault weapons bans. There are calls for funding to these organizations that are promising to pass this. We're so close to passing an assault weapons ban. We just need a little bit more money, a little bit more lobbying, and we'll finally get it. And then oh look, 
another mass shooting happens. Emotions run high. People say we need an assault weapons ban. Donations come in. There's no end to this. And and this might just be me, you know, being skeptical and 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 being um it just just any organization like that that does not seem to improve the situation that it's uh portraying that it cares about is is not an effective organization. And I don't think that you should keep giving money to an organization that fails at its job. Um if they had as much fervor for banning air assault weapons uh, for something like improving the mental health of the people that, because it's always, it's, it's never, it, it's very rarely, Hey, one person killed themselves alone in their basement uh, with a firearm. We need to ban guns. Now it's a school shooting, which obviously is an extremely emotional issue whenever there's children involved or a mass shooting, like the one that happened in California, which is a lot all at once. It's not the trickle that is suicides. That is, which, which you know, if you talk to a family member who's lost a loved one to suicide, is not a trickle for them. It means just as much to them as a parent losing a child in a school shooting or a, or a person losing a sibling in a mass shooting or a parent. And it, it, it just, it feels so disingenuous, and this is just my frustration coming out, that we keep allowing these organizations to continue this circular argument and there's zero accountability from the people who believe them. And I, and I get, you know, it's thoughts and prayers all over again. It's thoughts and prayers. I gave you my $5. Yeah, there's a kind I of, feel like I'm a kind helping. of thoughts and prayers from, from the other side, you know, right? Right. It like, is. It, yeah. Because it's, I, I donated, I, I did my part. I don't need to put any emotional investment into this. I don't need to think about where my money's going. I don't need going. to hold anyone accountable. No, exactly. And, it's a shame because so much effort is lost and so much momentum is lost. Uh, just trying to correct the direction that these organizations are taking these people in. And I, I don't see myself as some kind of like savior to liberal uh, guns, gun control supporters, but I do feel like as a gun owner, it is my responsibility to educate people who are not gun owners, uh, whether it is on firearm safety, uh, whether it is like, how to be responsible as a gun owner uh, or to talk about the actual causes of, of gun violence and, and my ideas for solutions for them. I feel like that's something that we don't talk about enough as gun owners. We argue plenty. Gun owners are love arguing because we're constantly getting yelled at and we like to yell back and it just makes uh, us yeah. feel better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, we, every gun owner can name a time where somebody has blamed a gun, gun owners for the deaths of children and said that we have blood on our hands. And that, the truth is like, that is never going to fix the problem. So I, 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 I don't know how to go and convince people of this other than finding people in person. And this is why I go to legislative events and why COVID was such a fucking bummer because so much, so much of that was done on Zoom, and you just it's the same thing as being online. You, you have your three minutes, you say your piece, no one wants to ask you a question. Yeah, everybody because, just fucking mutes you while you're talking. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, that's really the only opportunity for people to talk to people, and the problem is, is even when you go to these legislative events, it's so, you're so outnumbered by FUDs and Moms Demand Action people that it's impossible to approach and have a normal conversation with these people without them automatically assuming that you're being argumentative. And sure. I mean, I've had conversations before where I 
I, I've had people just walk away from me where I don't even, yeah. I haven't even gotten a word and, and they, they just walk away from me and I don't blame them because of the experiences they've had based right. on the other people who are there. But well, how do you, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I, I was saying that, um, you're talking about like, like, how do you make a difference? How do you convince people? Well, you know, talking to people that you know in person obviously is, is important. You know, talking to people that that are are a part of your life and and you know, not arguing with them, not making them feel stupid, but just presenting yourself and your and your position honestly over time can change their opinion. Um, there are a lot of people in my life that have either been on the fence or anti gun uh for a long time that over many years of me making my case, not a not in a in a way meant to like make them feel bad or or start a fight. But just explaining how I feel about it, it's changed their minds. Not completely, but, you know, it's it's definitely softened them to, to the pro-gun position. And I've done the same online, too. Um, you know, it does, it's not immediate. Um, you can't just, like, change someone's mind in one conversation. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you you physiologically, like, cognitively cannot change someone's mind in one conversation no. like that. I think that, I think that there's, like, you know, d- the brain has defense mechanisms for that. Yeah, but like Absolutely. You know, if you if you establish a history of, you know, being being serious, uh, coming to the conversations in good faith. Um, There's that word can, again. Yeah. Good faith. Yeah. You know that you're not just there to make someone angry. You're not just there to make a lot of noise. Uh, you're not just there to be a troll. But, you know, you're, you're really explaining yourself. Uh, and, and if you can establish a history of doing that and people can see that. That you're, you know, you're always coming here to this particular conversation in this particular way, um, with these viewpoints, uh, and, and you've got like, you know, it's not just, uh, it's not just a matter of having like a list of facts to copy and paste, but, but understand how to like synthesize an interpretation of, of history and, and what's going on right now. Um, and a big thing is empathy. People, we don't, we don't incorporate empathy into these conversations and yeah. we need to because this is such an emotional topic and there are people who sure. who see that people are so eager to argue with them that it's it's they're not ready to be disarmed they come guns yeah. blazing no pun intended um, and there's there's plenty of times where i've been like hey look i get it i understand that this is upsetting and, and we don't have to have this conversation and you know you, you want to avoid saying things like agree to disagree right because nobody's going to agree yeah. to disagree. Uh, agree to disagree is such a shitty thing to say when someone, when somebody feels like your position is like actively harming their life, you know, you can't, you, they're not going to agree to disagree. That's, that's yeah, just going to agree to disagree on like trans rights. You, right, you can't right, expect exactly. somebody to agree to disagree on a problem that you they know. think is killing children. Yeah, exactly. So, so you just be like, you know, we don't have to have this conversation right now. Um, you know, I, I think that it's, it's important to understand that like some people just aren't in that headspace. You yeah. don't need to like subject them to it. I find that leaving the door open is very helpful. Is, yeah, is, for sure. It is. You don't have to, and this is the problem with like you know the twenty-four hour news cycle and instant gratification and fucking Uber Eats and shit like that. Is that people people want instant gratification? They want closure immediately. And you, with something as complicated and as nuanced as the gun debate, you you're not going to have that. You're very rarely going to have that unless you have eighteen hours to spend with someone. Um, which in the grand scheme of things would be instant, but, uh, time is a construct, but, um, there's a, (laughs) (laughs) there's, there's, 
there needs to be more of an expectation that you're you're going to leave unsatisfied. And while doing so I leave unsatisfied all the time, man. <laughs> I'm very rarely satisfied. I uh I was gonna make <laughs> on the internet. On the on yeah, the internet. Yeah, I was gonna on make a internet. joke there. That's <laughs> I'm always satisfied. You just don't have that conversation with my wife. Um <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Um there is uh there there needs to be the expectation that I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be, I hope she listens listen. to this episode. <laughs> um, she's gonna be like, "Damn it, honey!" Um, there needs to be. Now more... they're gonna know we have sex. God damn it! <laughs> I tell you, I said we sent out a pregnancy announcement for our new uh, our new baby that's coming. Uh, I never got like a, one in like a month. What? Oh God! Oh, I no. knew you guys were pregnant. I knew she was pregnant, but I yeah. never. Would you send a well, postcard was... out? Oh wait. I... I thought you no, did. did I you just you one. sent me a picture in a in the signal chat. Oh, of the of the announcement. Of, okay. of the photo shoot. You guys look fantastic. I just I just sent an email to to my family. Oh, I didn't get an email. I think you just sent me. Okay. Yeah, well, then if it, if it, it was that informal in the first place then. It doesn't. Then... Anyways, point being, my yes, uh, sorry. my uh, you... one, uh, one my cousin uh sent me a um, a little meme back that said congratulations on having sex. That's awesome. <laughs> I dude for the longest time someone ruined this for me. For the longest time, every time I would see a pregnant woman, I would think ah, like, she had you sex. Guys had sex. Yeah. I know I know <laughs> like when giggity. you that may have and been I just me. felt like such a fucking <laughs> idiot. Like just it, but it was like it was like a like a Pavlov's dog response. Like it was just something that was in somebody made the joke once. I was either yeah. a comedian or a friend, I have zero idea who to blame. But for years, and even still sometimes, yeah. That the thought comes into my head without any Without any control over it, like eh, no, I know exactly sex. what you mean. Like, it's so funny, and like, I, I know, I know how they got pregnant. If other people think this, please validate me and 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 write to us and let me yeah. know. But remember that you don't say it out loud. You to, don't say to it the out pe- loud to the people. No, no, you no. You keep no. your mouth don't, shut. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> Do not stare at them without We're, blinking different. and stay, say you guys had sex. <laughs> yeah. We're allowed to say this on a podcast. Possible. It's different, yeah. but in real life, you don't say that to people. Well, because we're not talking. We're not saying it to a specific person. We're yeah, saying, I, I'm not gonna. Well, I might. Although, I might if you're say it, I might say to, it to your wife because and you're that'd pregnant. be funny. Yeah, we know what you did. We know what you did to get we that know baby what you in did. you. Actually, that's not even true because in vitro, that's true. There's it's 2023 you know, surrogacy like this. Yeah, that's damn, damn. Yeah, so you Flip don't that. Know. You, you don't know. know. You don't know. That person you might never no have had sex clue. in their life. What the fuck is wrong with us? We're so <laughs> regressive. <laughs> Fucking animals. Jesus Christ. What were we Pieces talking of about? Shit. What I was saying was <laughs> I am so proud of myself for being able to segue back into this. Uh, we need to be more prepared to leave unsatisfied right. with the conversation. <laughs> You see how we came full circle there. Um, <laughs> All right, but empathy. Empathy. Uh, not, we, we need to not ex- need... not entering a conversation with the expectation yes. that someone's going to win. Exactly, because I think when like, you do that, you you try to end the conversation as quickly as possible, and you try to have the gotcha moment as quickly as possible. Yeah. For many people, you're never going to have that gotcha moment because for many people, you're only going to be one part of that conversation. But right. if you leave that conversation with the door open. Making that person feel like they can come back to you at any time and continue that conversation without feeling that it's going to be in a hostile environment 
and without feeling like they're going to be judged for asking stupid questions, saying clip sure. instead of magazine, then you are so much more likely to make an impact on that person in a positive yes. way than if you just try to shoot fucking gun facts at them right. and say, actually, there were 68 million defensive gun uses in the year 2022 alone, so suck Just, my you know, dick, that's lib. A good, like, that's, that's a good statistic, but that's you know, not always appropriate. Yeah, it's not. I don't. I inflated that one, too. I think it was like. No, it's, it, yeah, it's like 100 million. It's like a billion. But it's a I lot. Think. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> it's a fuck ton. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, they're, they're, I, I think people need to start looking at this as being part of a puzzle instead of the puzzle itself. And but there's a, there's another aspect to this, right? Um, tell, tell us. You have to you have to think about why are people responding so violently, and why are people trying to like win the conversation immediately? Um, and you know, to the responsibility is on us to to uh to a certain extent, right? To 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 come to the conversation in good faith. But there are people out there who are not going to do that. There are people 100%. out there on the other side and on our side who are deliberately causing trouble in these conversations. I think of Steven Crowder when I think of this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People like Steven Crowder. Yeah, but this and, and, and these people, they're not here to have a whole conversation. And so they can start a lot of arguments in a day. You know, they, they have a lot of time. They have free time because they don't have friends. Uh, and they will, <laughs> and they will they will start a lot of arguments and they don't have any intention of 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 finishing it right and so the the incentive at some point becomes like you know okay I'm just gonna fucking say what I'm gonna say it's gonna be a Buck matter of public record this now opinion yep. to as many people as possible yeah, <laughs> yeah. no regard because for you collateral know, damage you, yeah you start a conversation sometimes you don't know who the like which which kind of person you're gonna be talking to uh and so you know you as much as you need to have like empathy and patience, you also have to be ready like for the possibility that, that you're going to get exposed to a fucking awful, nasty troll uh, yeah. that's going to possibly ruin your day. Think about it like being on the highway driving and this asshole cuts you off. And all of a sudden the, the, that situation is all about you. You're like this fucking piece of shit just cut me off. Even though you have no idea that that dude two miles down the road, almost got run off the road by some asshole who was intentionally trying to drive him off the road, and this guy's just trying to get yeah. the fuck out of the place, out of the, out oh, of the yeah. area as fast as he can. You're, you're only that, one part of the real. conversation. That happens every day. It does. Absolutely. That's why I stopped getting mad at people driving like assholes on the highway, because I have zero idea what they're doing with their lives or where they are on their yeah. journey. Um, take it's that, easy to that assume that, that someone that, that like comes at you is like out to get you, but like maybe they've just been hurt. We need to go into these conversations with the intention of leaving the conversation with the person you spoke to feeling as good about it as possible, regardless of whether or not you think you got your point across or you won or you lost the conversation. Feeling like you are a resource that that person could come back to to continue the conversation is is that's the so best true. win that you can have. That's so really. true. And and that's that's I found myself in that position repeatedly where it's like people that I would never have expected uh, will come back to me and be like, okay, I want to know about guns. Like, I want to hear about this. Yeah, exactly. I you know, perfect example of this is unfortunately there isn't a way to like there's not a beacon for everyone to say, hey, I'm not an asshole. Come talk to me. 
But in our case, how Bad Away got started, and I'm sure we've talked about this, was through Operation Blazing Sword. Right, right. Which my first, the first people that I spoke to who wanted to learn about guns. So uh, for those who don't know, who haven't listened to the episode that I talked about it in, uh, Operation Blazing Sword is a way for people in the LGBTQ plus community to connect with allies who are knowledgeable about guns uh, or other people in the LGBTQ plus community who are knowledgeable about yeah. guns, who want to learn about guns. Um, so they don't have to go to your stereotypical like NRA FUD groups um, because they feel intimidated or unsafe um, in some places reasonably so. Um, but the the thing that was great about that was that by being on Operation Blazing Sword, you're essentially getting an endorsement by the organization uh, that you're not an asshole, that you know what you're talking about because uh, it lists your credentials, uh, and that you're willing to help. And the first two people that I spoke to were uh, a couple from like a couple towns over, vehemently anti-gun, like like the most anti-gun that you could get. Uh, aside from wanting to learn how to shoot a gun, but like we would, I would laugh my ass off with, with, with these guys because we would, we would agree to disagree. Like you were saying uh, before, because I was there to teach them not to argue about why AR 15s should not be banned. And we would, but we would laugh about it because we were past that point of like disarmament uh, emotionally where they could say, you know, like we would talk for three hours about, you know, firearm fundamentals and, gun safety and storage options and things like that. And this was before I was an instructor. Uh, and then it would come up that I had an AR-15 and they'd say like, do you, do you really need like, do you really need an AR-15 though? Like, what do you think you're, you're Rambo or something? And I would, I would laugh because like we were at that level and I wasn't laughing in their face like an asshole. It'd be like, Oh, like this is hilarious. Like you're asking me to teach you about guns, but like this gun is not, this gun's too much kind of thing. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I get it. But like, that's just, it seems like too much. And why do you need that? Like if you're hunting and stuff and they would say things like that and we would either agree to disagree if time was a constraint or I would begin to start talking about it and they'd be like, okay, well like we don't want one kind of thing. Like we don't think we should, we should be able to get them kind of thing. And which yeah. was also a good way to be because at least they were being honest, which I think a yeah. lot of people failed to do on both sides with their intentions. I had a long conversation with a friend of mine who is who I knew was vehemently anti-gun. I went into it with a shit ton of statistics, a shit ton, like I had an opening argument, I had a closing argument, like I made this thing legit because uh, we were going to spend at least three hours talking about it. And at the end of it, she was like, I just don't think anybody should have one. I don't like guns. And I was like, I wish you told me that in the beginning because we could have just yeah, like, we saved operated in good faith time. there. Like that would have been... I get that because, but during that time, I took the time to answer her questions. I took the time to show her the information that pushed me to believe what I believe. Um, and you know, that's, that's, I think where I was going with that was, was operation blazing sword was a way to kind of like shed a beacon of light to these people that could come and ask me questions and not feel judged for asking them and feel safe for asking, feel safe while asking them. The internet is not really a place that people can do that. So by leaving right. them with a good impression of you, they have that ability to, you know, you're putting it, they're putting a little post-it note next to your name mentally that, okay, this person's not going to treat me like shit. I can talk to them later. And even if you don't convince them a hundred percent at the time, you nudge the needle in a direction that could help you push right. it a little farther the next time. 
Yeah. And that and that's what it's about, man, is uh like you said, like leaving the door open. Um because that's exactly. that's that's where in my experience, that's where actually minds have been changed is that you know, they they realize that you know, you you're not going to just uh uh push them away and send them away for like not agreeing with you. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Um there's one that. of the specific examples that that somebody brought up earlier and uh I thought would be cool to talk about was the conversation that comes up constantly regarding this uh, like every time we have these conversations. Um if you ever get to the point where somebody asks you this question, consider this a a small win because it's not an offensive uh, action by them. It's it's a it's an honest question. Um, I've been asked before. Gun control advocates will will say uh, something along the lines of, you know, why won't you guys at least try the gun control? Like, why if if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But why wow. won't you at least try it? That's a fun question, and and it that's is. that's a matter. Of, that's a uh, problem of perspective, right? Why won't you at least try gun control? Uh, and I would say that my my knee jerk gut sort of reaction to that question is, well, we are trying gun control. You know, we have tried gun control. We are trying gun control. There is gun control right now. Um, at different times in U.S. history, there has been more and less gun control in various different ways. Um. And it really does not seem to have had much of an effect on violent crime or suicide. Well, and that's the thing that is, is I feel like for the people that argue that they have never had all the cards in their hand. And that is their excuse for why gun control is not working is that, well, if we did this in the first place, we wouldn't be here. If we banned guns from the start, or if we banned guns 20 years ago, you could see how 20 years of banning guns would work. But the problem with that is you're asking somebody to put a ton of faith in an institution that has shown that it is not worthy of any faith, the government. Right. <laughs> and if there was a way that we could say, you know, like a, like a sunset clause, like we did with the assault weapons ban. Right. Uh, this is like my hypothetical situation. If there was a way for us to implement gun control for 100 years and set a sunset clause at the end of the 100 years, but you could take that 100 years and squeeze it into a minute, I'd be for it. What you're talking about is a simulation, my friend. A simulation, yes. A, a perfect a perfect a representation, perfect representation of, real of life the data. On a computer. Exactly. We are in a simulation. However, we are not in a simulation. We cannot. Well, do we that. might be, but you know, we, we, might we be. our yeah. perspective. Don't we're send in the me down that fucking rabbit in. hole right now, Andrew. <laughs> God damn it! We would have I to don't... be outside the simulation looking in. We're not, yeah. so we I don't experience want. Time. We don't know if we're inside the simulation looking well, in. Well, chances are. I mean, I mean, let me let me ask you this. Let me just let me ask you this. What's more likely that we are in one of an infinite number of simulations, or that we are in the one true universe? Say that again. What is more likely that we are in one of the infinite number of possible simulations run by supercomputers or that we are in the one single true universe? How does a computer quantify infinity? 
that's that's not that's not relevant, man. Because this is a future computer, man. This is a this is a perfect... <laughs> no. It's a present computer. No, no, it's a computer is, operating no, it's, in the present. It's in the future. We're in the past. The computer's in the future. If at any point in time, if at that any pause wasn't supposed time, to be that long, I clicked <laughs> off the screen. <laughs> if at any point in time there is the possibility of a kind of computer that can run simulations, it can run oh, theoretically fuck. an infinite number of simulations. Oh fuck! And we could be in one of those simulations, or we could drink. be in present day in the the single true universe that exists. Because technically, if this was a simulation. And not real, it wouldn't have to exist in the time that the simulation was being run in. Right. Fuck. All right. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so 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 let's 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 put a pin in that. Um. So we're talking. Oh about... god damn it! <laughs> about control. Um. I had fucked up dreams last night, dude. I slept for oh, an no. hour and a half at work, and. You're doing this to me again. There's no fucking way I'm going to bed tonight and not dreaming yep. about being in a simulation. Yep. Okay, but okay. So Andrew so yeah, is going to be could... my overlord, looking at me from the fucking top of the glass dome like that Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. I'm gonna see up your nostrils, your big hairy nostrils that are 500 times the size of my head. But so, the but thing anyway, about, the anyways, the thing about running these these like long experiments in real life is that they have real consequences for the people you're experimenting on. Yes, so it's like thank you, you for say, coming like, back to that. Yeah, we could we could try gun control for 20 years, for 50 years, for 100 years. But if you're fucking wrong, then that means that like people are gonna suffer. Absolutely. for that long. Think <laughs> so about we're not, if, so we're not gonna talk about doing like trial runs. Like we're yes. we're gonna come to some compromise now. Exactly. And this is why it's so important to somehow convince people that it is impractical, it is an impossibility to say that we will ever get rid of all the guns in this country. And by acknowledging that fact, realizing that gun control as they know it, as they want it, meaning nobody has the ability to commit gun crime, is impossible. Well, and I've taken another approach too, where it's like, you know, you can say that the presence of guns makes gun crime more likely, right? Just like you can say like the presence of a pool in your backyard makes accidental drowning more likely. You can't drown without a pool. You can't have gun crimes without guns. But the question is, is gun crime significantly morally and practically worse than any other kind of violent crime? Obviously, we... You know, it's up for That's debate, a question right? that, yeah. yeah. Is is you know, crime committed with a gun worse than crime committed without a gun? Yeah. And if that's, and that's why, and I hate to fucking toot my own horn, but here we are again, two whiskeys deep on tooting it. I feel like I'm constant. I feel like a Woody doll, somebody pulling my string, and I say this thing every sixth phrase. Uh, <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, like, I, I say this all too the long. fucking time. I, I say, say this, this all the fucking, fucking time. time. Uh, what was I fucking saying? The buildup was too was too long. I totally forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> no. Holy shit! Okay, let's backtrack. Let's. What backtrack. did you say? What did you say there? Is crime committed with a gun significantly morally yes. and practically worse than crime than any other kind of violent crime? Yes. Thank you. So, 
what I say, like when I and I and I've heard this from way more eloquent people than myself, and I probably stole it from them, is that if we are going to address gun crime, we need to address crime in general. And right. by addressing yes, crime you, in general, you. we address gun crime indirectly. Because right. if you figure out why the fuck people are committing crimes and you fix it's not gonna matter problem, what tools they have at their no, real, at no. their disposal. If 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 I <laughs> haven't had a job in six years and I've been working side jobs and, and, you know, doing whatever I need to do that isn't anybody else's business to make money to provide for my family. And somehow it leads me down the path of needing to do something immoral with a firearm in order to provide for somebody or to support a habit or anything like no judgments shit. People, people are on different, different times in their lives all the time. And if you're, you know, if, honestly, if we can wax a little philosophical, if you are in a situation, if you're in a society that is so rigged against you that the only way you can survive is to commit crime and break the law, you can't see this, but I'm making a face. I like, really wish no people way. could see that face. <laughs> that face, I, I, oh, fuck, I wish we were recording video. I wanted to, I want that face to be on the fucking podcast episode screen. I'll have you make it again in the future. But, um, yeah, if you address why people are in the position where they need to commit crimes, and regardless of whether or not it is a objective need, or it is a crime of passion, or it is or it is anything, if you take one of those origins of what put that person in that position to commit a crime, and you look at that as the problem, and you start working your solutions around that problem, I guarantee you, by association, you will decrease gun crime, because... Those crimes happen with guns. It's just it's just the way that it happens. Our the most the most uh prolific prolific, I'm probably using that term wrong. Crime in the United States is property crime. Uh it's like three hundred and twenty eight uh actually no, I'm I'm sorry, I'm thinking of uh aggravated assault. But property crime is the most common crime in the United States. That doesn't involve a gun at all. Right. Uh, because then it would be it would it would be something else. Um, if you look at why people are committing property crimes, uh, then you're going to decrease all crimes and you fix that problem, then you're going to decrease the likelihood of people committing property crimes and all crimes that are related to that property crime. Right. Because- And oftentimes if, a property crime can become a violent crime, right? Exactly. Exactly. Especially when a gun is involved. And especially if there's a confrontation, I mean, there's there's so many variables. Like you can't you can't predict yeah. it, which is why you can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna come go out after here the object, and I'm gonna say it's possibly pretty rare for someone to wake up in the morning and be like, I'm gonna murder, I'm gonna murder, yeah, and then go and I'm murder gonna someone. steal shit because yeah. <laughs> I wanna. No, 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 I mean, saying I'm gonna steal shit, I I bet that's fairly with common. a gun, with a gun, right? But but I seriously doubt that people just like set out to be like. I mean, I know that some people do, but I don't think it's very common for people to just like pick up a gun and be like, I'm going to kill someone because it makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, I feel like the vast majority, you know, once you get past suicides, the vast majority of uh, gun, actual gun make violence you feel good. is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like things have gone wrong. If things did not go according to plan, um, you know, I, I really doubt that like most, most gun criminals, perfect world involves them shooting somebody. Bro, and I'm going to level with you right now, which is why I started the sentence with the word bro. Bro. I I have gone over the course of probably 14 years. I don't know. Uh, I, I voted for Obama in 2008, and then somehow between then and now, I was conservative. 
uh, which I probably don't say enough, but well, I think it needs yeah, to I mean, be said. What? I mean, I don't know. Like, how liberal was Obama really? I, by my definition, I I was conservative, not by like Trump's yeah, definition. Yeah, sure, 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 I wasn't a, sure, ever sure, sure, like a sure, Trump sure, sure. conservative, but what? I said sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. You were shushing me, you bastard. You're sounding stupid. And then I I I started following situations like that. Like I would just I would just follow situations like that to their inevitable conclusion and their origins. And I don't know what did it for me, but I think just having enough examples of people, uh, enough examples of where I was proved wrong about my impression of people and like what I thought about them. And, you know, like I, I used to think, I used to think because of, and a lot of it has to do with your environment, the people you're around, the people you listen to and the people you respect having, uh, who have opinions about these things. I used to think that people on like social security were, were lazy. Like this, this to me, like hearing this, hearing me say this, like I'm, I'm totally fine Ooh, saying cringe. this now, dude, it's, I'm totally fine saying this because, because it's not what I believe anymore. And it shows right, right. that like things can change. You can, you can, you can, you can hear other perspectives no, I definitely and change had that people's phase minds. Too. When, I think everybody I was, as like a, like a, like a post high school white male had that. is, yeah, yeah. You kind of go through that phrase, that, that phase. Um, and I felt that way. Like I was, I was, I don't know if I was ever like build the wall. I didn't really care about like illegal immigrants or anything like that. I just, you know, that never really affected me. But like, I, I definitely felt that way about people on social security because I didn't know anybody on social security. You know what yeah. did it? You know, it was like a huge turning point for me. My wife's mother. So back when Obamacare was like novel. I was like, yeah, Obamacare is a fucking communist, fucking whatever. Everyone's gonna be getting the government to pay for their health care. <laughs> Man, I gotta tell you, as a as a devout anti communist, I will. I, it would probably be better if it was communist. <laughs> yeah, it well, would probably it... work better if it was an actual communist <laughs> plot than what I... we fucking got in the end. Yeah, I know. Well, it definitely wasn't smooth sailing, but it still helped people, and. The reason I know that now is because my mother-in-law had breast cancer. She had a double mastectomy. And before Obamacare, she was paying $1,800 a month they wanted for health insurance. And after Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, she was paying $350 a month for health insurance because her pre-existing conditions no longer contributed to her premium. And I was like, huh, I like my mother-in-law. She works. She's not a shitty person, and she's not lazy. Yeah. And yep. I was like, wow, maybe crazy, huh? there's at least one other person in this world that I'm wrong about. Maybe there's two. Maybe there's four. Maybe there's eight. And then before you know it, you're like, wow, I didn't know shit. And look at this other perspective I see things from. And before you know it, I'm yeah, just like, sure. I don't know. Now I don't even know what to call myself. I call myself, I think I'm a humanist. I don't know. I feel like that's like a, that's a lazy word for a centrist. But I, I don't think I'm a centrist either. <laughs> I would say I'm left leaning, but I I don't know. Who it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Be fucking cool to people. Yeah, but just anyway, be chill, bro. My point is minds can change. Uh I yeah. don't know where I was going with that. No, I, I've changed my mind a lot on stuff. And I, I, I will tell you, I probably never changed my mind uh because somebody just badgered me into it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, just the, the things that I've changed my mind on, I've changed my mind because, it, you know, personal experience is a big part of it. Um, 
but like reasoned arguments over a long period of time uh, that I've had time to digest and think about and sort of like work into my life. Uh, those are the things that have changed my mind. Um, Absolutely. From people you respected, whether you knew them right. well or not. Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, it's like you get to know someone of, a, of, a, of an opposing viewpoint and you start sort of like just day to day being opposed, being exposed to them, being opposed, being exposed to them and, and the, the way that they reason through things in their daily life. And you start to like understand, you know, even the things that you disagree on that, that this person may not be necessarily wrong. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. a different approach. There was something that Margaret Killjoy said on Twitter the other day that really resonated with me because it's something that I've heard before and I've felt, but I've never articulated before. They said something along the lines of, I will take the old man from my backwoods town in West Virginia who tries to address me properly, but still occasionally calls me brother. uh, Even though they're trying not to over the person who would call that person my enemy because they made a mistake. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I've I've always felt that and I was like it it's it's very refreshing to see people on the left say things like yeah. that. Oh yeah. Because I feel like the left quote unquote gets a bad rap for being uh overly divisive. Like, Overly divisive, like even leftists in general, just like there's there's an there's, infinite there's number of factions that... within the leftist genre yeah. of of political views, and they all fucking hate each other. And if there, you there's disagree, that tendency like, sometimes, right? Yeah, and I and I think like you see that on the right too, but it, I I genuinely oh definitely in in libertarian circles. Um, oh, libertarians are the fucking worst. It's it's, but... it's so intense. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me. You know, well, because and, you have like it's such such. I mean, at least I don't even know. You got libertarians who don't believe in the age of consent, and then you have libertarians who just think you should be a normal, like decent person. The people, so like yeah. that's a huge line there to like to 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 formulate oh, your beliefs on. And what? But in in hanging out in like leftist online spaces, I've noticed that they definitely do have a tenant. Not all leftists, not all leftists, but there is a tendency among leftist uh, uh, social circles to, to, to draw these hard lines between each other. And uh, um, it's this, it's this, you know, it's like, I am a specific kind of leftist. Um, these are the people who I, who I, who I interact with and everyone else is my enemy. Yeah. No, and, and I've seen that. And it's, and it's like, like I said, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not just leftists, but, but I do no, see no, it no. since being in this space. And hearing somebody say something like that who who is on the left is refreshing because I think it reiterates that, like, we're all fucking struggling and we're all trying our best. And occasionally we're going to fuck up and make a mistake. I remember my first time ever uh, needing to a- address somebody who I knew by different pronouns. Uh, this person who I grew up with in high school and middle school and after high school, I always knew um, by her by her dead name, um, and I just fucked up there. See, that was an honest mistake by his dead name, um, and didn't see for about seven years. And then when he came back, uh, went by a different name. Went by went by his his name now, and we were at a party with him and friends that we all went to high school with, and I used his dead name once, and. 
I like genuine mistake. But the reaction I got from the people in the crowd, like the people in the room, was so adverse to how like my intent was in that moment that I could absolutely see if I wasn't friends with every single one of them being like, fuck everyone here. I'm never coming to, I'm never hanging out with you again. It was like, right. Oh, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, whoa, like, I haven't seen this dude in seven fucking years. And I've known him as one name for my entire life before that. Yeah. Yeah. And now like honest mistake. So like, that's that's what I've seen, and I'm sure a lot of leftists can agree. But there are, but there's also tons of people out there, and I'm sure Margaret Kiljoy is not the only person to say things like that. That like you know, well-intentioned people need to be considered. Like intent needs to be considered in things. If you yeah. if your intent is is right, and you essentially you occasionally make a fuck up, then I think or that just should be considered. yeah use a, use a word that's sort of like out of out of style. Uh, yeah, you know, like somebody we know. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, uh, yeah. some well-respected, <laughs> yeah. intelligent, like knowledgeable person who we spoke to used a word that that typically is not used anymore in the context that he used it in. But his intentions were good, and yeah, you know that's that's it is what it is. I uh, I remember my I had a ninety-eight-year-old neighbor. Her name was Stella, and she was the sweetest human on the planet. I would shovel her snow in her driveway, and she'd pay me in cookies and popsicles. Because I refused money from her, so she would like give me desserts, and she was just this like that's this woman in a nutshell. But she was a Navy vet, like very sweet lady. Um, but like I had known her for my entire childhood, and I'd never heard her say this before. But she had somebody come and fix her refrigerator, and it was a black man, and she she called him the c word, and said this this nice fella came over using that that adjective. Which, uh, which, oh, so the the nicer colored, C word, the nicer colored. of the two C words. Yes. Okay, good. No, she didn't call <laughs> him a like, cunt. Wait a minute, no, <laughs> that's not what I was thinking. Of. This cunt came over and fixed my refrigerator. <laughs> she she called him colored, and and I like I was uh, like shocked because I'd never heard her say anything like that. Like, and nothing racist before. Oh God, no, not that C word. No, he just typed it in the chat. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say it. He's don't t- tell them I typed, he typed it. it all ta- in all caps. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> say he it. Immediately told no, me. yeah, he said the quote unquote nice c word. She said, and I'll, I guess I'll say the fucking quote now. She said this nice colored fella came to my house and f- and fixed my fridge. And I said, Stella, you can't say that. And she said, Say what? I said you can't call black people colored. And she goes, What? I didn't call him a. And then she said the n word, like hard r. And I went. Oh fuck, Stella! Like, but that's but she was saying it as an Stella, example no. of like and I was like no, but she said it as like no. See, I was nice and polite. Like I said it this way, and I was like, it was it was one of those memories that I will carry with me forever. But I think her intentions were pure because she yeah. obviously was was respected the man and and was was friendly to him. But I don't think she ever watched TV, and I just don't I don't think those conversations ever came up. But I also don't know. I don't know. She's dead now. We'd have her on the podcast if we could, but we can't. So intent is is good. Intent is what needs to be considered, and I think that's the uh, that's the important that's the more important thing than 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 the words that somebody says uh, when they're they're not one hundred percent adhering to your rules and and, and principles. But 
Yeah. Forget how we got here. We got here from leftists being fractured. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about... Margaret Kiljoy. Margaret Kiljoy saying that I'll take the, the guy who says the wrong thing, but has good intentions well. over the guy that says that that's my enemy. You know, and that's yeah. that's another thing, too, uh, sort of tangentially from this. I've... I really always hated this 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 kind of political rhetoric that's like you know, I know better for you who you should be aligning yourself with than you do. You know, um how so? Well like well it's like that. It's like, you know, no, that guy's your oh, enemy yeah, yeah. because he can't you know, he is your enemy and I know that and you're just too dumb to see it. Um you'll see yeah. it from you'll see it from the left like you know, all these poor, these poor white people in, in rural America are voting against their interests. Um, you know, it's like, you, you well, can just disagree. like Biden said about black people. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't vote for, for me, you ain't for me, black. Then you're not black. Like what uh, the fuck dude. And I, you know, I, all of those examples are from the, are from the political left. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure that the, 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 the right does it. I just don't have any specific examples off the top of my head. But it's just, you know, this this idea that the it's right like, talking about hate speech. You know, like I I'm well, I guess that's not a good example. I am a free speech absolutist. Like I I just think that's something that you can't compromise on because the second sure. you start compromising on it, the definition of hate speech can be changed. And then you you've set up the precedent to label things as hate hate speech that weren't originally hate speech and it goes down this rabbit hole where it's just like I'm a second amendment absolutist. I'm a first amendment absolutist. Like not even as as it goes. Well, you just sound like a fucking extremist. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, per, before you know it, I'm going to sound conservative again. But uh, no, actually, not because they're not free speech absolutists. They they don't want to. No, they hear are people not. that disagree with them. That's right. Um, and they don't like fucking protests. You know, it's no. like well, yeah, they sorry, like protests sorry, when it's do, aligned with their views. <laughs> let's do a tangent off of a tangent. But now when they're paid for by George Soros. I really hate this tendency on the right to be like, we are champions of free speech. We will not be silenced. We're going to force your venue to host my bigoted, you know, fucking speaker. And if you protest, uh, if you do a protest against it, then then you're the fucking fascists, you know, like. Yeah, but isn't that technically what happened with the cake situation also? Uh, explain. The gay couple who went to the bakery and wanted them to bake a cake for their wedding and they refused to because of religious exemptions. But the, what, what was the, what was the the how did that end they were forced to bake the cake or they didn't have to bake the cake I think the they cake went out of business Yeah whatever look you know <laughs> <laughs> it does my All point right. being my point being that you know you can't be I I really hate these conservatives that are like you know they they pretend to be all about free speech but really what they want is to force people to make a platform for their for their Absolutely. point of view well, you look um, at this. You look at the creation of these conservative yeah. social media sites that are only populated by conservatives. Yeah, and it, they exist essentially in an echo chamber because it's not that the left. And I mean, regardless, so there was, there is evidence that social media platforms like Twitter did suppress right wing views. But sure, there's, there's also, uh, you're not going to gain anything by having a social media platform with just people who agree with you. And yeah. I'm kind of of the mindset of like, if you're being deplatformed, I think of people like Alex Jones who deserve to be. And sure. I don't think people who are like moderate conservatives were losing their ability to, to right, express right. their views on Twitter. <laughs> I think the no. people who were calling for like a second civil war and, and 
uh, you know, sowing sowing doubt in our democratic process were were yeah. losing their platforms on Twitter. And and did did some more moderate conservatives get swept up in all the fervor to to clamp down on on the uh, sure. the Enforce crowd? Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. And that's that sucks. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, is your ability to express yourself significantly impacted by being banned from Twitter? No, well, because your free speech. Use, yeah. yeah. They yeah. Didn't, it wasn't it, even your all... free speech. You're not getting thrown in prison for expressing your views. Yeah. And granted, that's the extreme. And and there are yeah, other sure. there there are for definitely sure. like gray areas to that, you know, especially when you have organ, uh, groups like fa- groups, companies like Facebook, Twitter, um YouTube, things like that deplatforming conservatives. It it does eventually get to a point where these these pages and these these companies that are that are largely used for the the passing of information um, are biased. It becomes a problem, but you're still not having your your right to free speech infringed upon because it's not the government doing it; it's a private company doing that. Yeah. And you argued for the private company being able to say no to the gay people who wanted the cake being baked for them. So yep. like. You should theoretically which before is it, guys? this, which is until, it? yeah, you can't have your gay cake and eat it too. <laughs> but you should. <laughs> but you should. It's probably delicious. Um, I love cake. I loved all baked goods. Love all we, baked goods. Not past. Are days. we able to untangle this tangent? What, where did we come off of here? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, we can we can bring this back to to gun control stuff and and fixing the the problem of gun violence. I have tons of things written down in the notes. It's just how we're going to get there. <laughs> I see, I can't even remember what we were talking about just a second ago. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, oh, we were okay, moving but, on. I yeah, hope. I hope. On. I hope you don't get intellectual blue balls from uh, uh, following this down the rabbit hole. And yeah, there's lost. definitely somebody who's been following this, listening right now, who's like, "You were about to say this," and is fucking pissed that we can't remember what we were going to. <laughs> I would be too. I would Sorry, be too. Guys. But maybe if you were listening to listening to a podcast with uh, some professionals as hosts, they would know where to go from here. But um, you know what you can do if you're mad that we didn't finish our thought, like. 15 minutes ago just be taking notes and go ahead and dm us about it and and we'll just you know what you could also do we'll read your dms on the next show yeah exactly if you if you want us to be more professional and you like the podcast but uh wish we would have a uh software that would take transcripts of what we were saying so we could go back and listen you should subscribe to our patreon yeah uh, where you get free merch uh, it's not free. You pay monthly for it. Um, well, you but get, you well, get exclusive you merch. You donate to us, and in return, you get free merch. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, there's <laughs> You're not an buying the merch. Goods and currency. Uh, you yeah. get it's access to exclusive clips uh, that you will not hear on the normal podcast. It's true. They are exclusive. And opportunities to join in on exclusive streaming episodes. Yeah, this is one that uh, that not a lot of people know about because uh, we haven't done it before. We haven't done it yet. Uh, we've, been, we we've been holding off a little bit, but and also a little known fact: everyone that donates above the five dollar level will, at some point in the future, receive a private phone call from me or Jordan on your personal cell phone at a random time. Whether you want time. it or not, that's right. <laughs> that is uh, a threat. That's a that's a that's not a threat. That's a promise. Um, I don't think we collect phone numbers. We don't. We don't collect phone no, numbers. No, we don't. We don't. We don't have. We that. certainly don't sell them to advertisers for money. No, definitely not. That's clear. If you could see the background of what I was recording in right now, that we're not making any money. 
It's a labor of love. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think so I show your anything. love if you love it too on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash a better way to A. You got it. Bing, Is that boom, it? Boom. Is that the Yeah. The link's in our bio on Instagram yeah. and it's also in the show notes on the podcast episode. And it's also if you search Patreon in a better way to A, you'll find it there. I, I heard that that's harder to do for some reason. Like it's almost see. like we're shadow banned on Patreon, which is weird. I don't think that was a thing, but Andrew's checking it right now. Uh, your website is the first result as an ad, and then second result. So the first actual don't Google click it; result. it'll charge me. <laughs> <laughs> the first actual Google result is uh the your Patreon page, super dope. Uh, and it tells me I've got our Patreon eight, page. Our Patreon, that's right. Our Patreon page. Sorry. Um, and it says I have to be eighteen or older to view this content. Yeah, because I say it's explicit. So it puts a little warning there. Yeah, it's not porn. It's just we we say cunt every now and then. But it could be porn though, and they wouldn't have to put more. No, they don't do porn on Patreon anymore, do they? I think they do like artwork. Don't yeah, they? you can get you can get new, but I think that you can't do like hardcore stuff. Not that we would. Not that we would ever, even if there was a tier for that. <laughs> 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 Listen, somebody pays us $250 a month, I might be coerced. It's going to... You live in Texas, though, the practicality. $250 a month. Listen, you don't fucking know me, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm living on real tight margins, my dude. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm really hoping to sell it, okay? That tier. No. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, God. Honey, if you're listening to this episode, I'm kidding. For legal reasons, this is a joke. For for marital reasons, this is a joke. <laughs> um, one of the things that I that I thought, speaking of, uh, like how how we were talking about inconsistency within within the right and the left, was, um, I think the, I think it's interesting that we have a lack of intellectual accountability within the gun control debate on both the right and the left. Um, the thing that annoys me the most, and I feel like we've definitely all seen it, there are these phrases, they're like buzzwords uh, in sentence form that people just repeat. It's almost like they repeat for views. And I know you know what I'm talking about because if you've yeah, ever watched Whoopi Goldberg on The View or listened to Steven Crowder on YouTube, you've heard them. Well, I get them uh, in my I DMs s- all the time too. From, uh, you know, talk about arguing in good faith and and trying to figure out who's actually there in good faith and who's just fucking trolling me. It gets very difficult sometimes when they're all saying the same fucking things. I, yeah, I know, Sorry, and it's unfortunate continue. because every one of these people think that they have a trump card by saying this. Oh my god, they all think that it's this first fucking person to say it. I wish I had the confidence of the people that say things like, if you need an AR to hunt, you're not a good hunter. Thinking that (laughs) by them saying that, like they hit post and they were like, yeah, take that, Nazis. I wish I lived with the confidence of of these people who who did that. But the problem is, and and this this is what I'm getting at, is the lack of accountability with the people that follow them. 
Because if if I said something like that, I would expect at least a dozen of you to be like, dude, really? That's all. That's that's what you're going with. Like, are you sure? There's still time. There's still time to take this back. Not many people have seen it. You should please take it back. You should please take this back. Please, please say you're kidding. Please say April Fools. I know it's January. I'm unfollowing. Like I would expect that. But there's like somebody, a politician or or a, a, a internet persona, will say something like that, and they will get like twenty eight thousand fucking retweets. And that's not a small number. And it's it's twenty eight thousand people who are like, yeah, I've never heard this before. When a conservative or a gun owner, I shouldn't, not conservative, but when a gun owner hears this, they're going to be like, wow, good one. I'm giving up my guns right now. And listen, like gun owners, you're not immune either. I cannot fucking stand every time I see somebody who talking in good faith again, I swear to God, we're going to have a bingo card for this fucking phrase. Somebody who calls a mag a clip and innate fucking assholes from the audience come in and they cannot be the first person to say quick enough it's a mag it's <laughs> a, a magazine anybody gives a, a shit clip. like shut the fuck up you you are you sound like an asshole everyone around you thinks so except for the people that liked your post which is probably just your mom and it's not helping anybody <laughs> the same with the people on our side who just say shall not be infringed in all caps, and think that's a legitimate argument to somebody saying and articulating why they want to lower gun deaths and stop kids from dying in their fucking classrooms. Like, that is not the way that you win an argument. That is not, you can't, you can't go to a bunch of gun owners in the room and say the second amendment was written back when there were only muskets and think they're not going to tear you the fuck apart. And and then think that you're going to change anyone's mind. You can't say... What did, what did Biden say? Uh, you need an F-15 on an AR-15 to beat the military? Bro, where were you yeah. for the last 20 fucking years? The country that was made up a bunch of farmers and people that we made fun of just, like, had us on our ass. We accomplished well, okay. literally so let's, nothing. Let's circle back, too. So, like, Circle yes, back, please. Uh, please, rain uh, me um, Fucking, uh, yes, we have had trouble with... Uh, with uh, Militaries of country with with militaries and militias in countries that that do not have the the military they call asymmetric warfare they call it yeah yes. we've had trouble with that but the bigger problem with me to me with that statement that you're gonna need you're gonna need AR-15s to fight the government oh I know or you're gonna calling. need F-15s to fight the government not an AR-15 the bigger problem to me with that is that. You know, it expresses a willingness to use, uh, you know, serious military hardware on American people. Um. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> to just to just jump jump straight to well, if you want to resist the government, we're literally going to bomb you with air with a. God, I keep fucking this up. If you want to resist the government, we're literally going to bar you. Bar, <laughs> <laughs> take a breather. Take a breather, take Andrew. A breather. Okay. To be like. <laughs> If you want to resist the government, we're literally going to bomb you with F-15s. To just jump straight to that is is crazy to me. And who, who was the guy Swalwell that it was like, you know, the government has nukes. You think you're going to fight them with rifles? Like, who the fuck is talking about nuking like the like fucking Civilians, Americans, Americans on American soil? 
because because they take up arms to like do some fucking shit. Even if you, even if it's like stupid bullshit that you hate, like like I'm gonna fucking drop a nuke on the Ku Klux Klan or something. Like somebody somebody that I absolutely do not do not agree with. Like no, you're not gonna use air uh, F-15s. You're not gonna use nukes. That's stupid. That's the dumbest shit. I can't believe fucking politicians are saying that shit. You know, it, it's it's one thing. It's one thing to just be wrong about the capabilities of the U.S. military. And it's another thing to just be like so fucking bloodthirsty. To backhandedly say that you're yeah. endorsing the slaughter of Americans on American soil. Yeah. By over the government. political disagreements. Yeah. Ridiculous. Over whether or not you have a fucking arm brace or a buttstock on your AR that is yeah. just as effective with or without it. You know, and, not that and they're people, the same thing at all. And people got they're completely people, different. People got mad at me uh, for voting um, for uh, uh, Joe Jorgensen. Oh, I, yeah. Wrong, well, yeah, well wrong Gary election. Johnson, yes, wrong but more election. recently, yeah. Joe Jorgensen, because they're like, no, Biden's got to win because Trump is going to get people killed. And I'm like, you don't think that Biden could get me or my friends killed with the way that he's talking? You don't think that's even a remote possibility? You know, but they just don't get it. It's not their it's not their frame of reference, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what a lot of it is that I, I think it's a uh, like a, a mark of privilege for somebody to say that. Um I don't know if you watched the documentary on HBO. Um what's that dude from Channel Five News? Uh the guy with the big fluffy hair, he drives around in an R V. Well, anyway. There's uh That's it, a great it, question. It does a great <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, it does a great job of pointing out how fucking insane both sides were during the election, during Trump's election, during Biden's election. Um, not both sides as a whole, but the fringe, the the, the outliers on, on the far right and the far left that showed up to these things. And I know there's people on the left that showed up to protests that are going to hate me for saying that, but some of the fucking arguments that they show, and this is why it's like the loudest voices always are the ones that end up being heard. Some of the arguments that they that they show in this are like, okay, I I wouldn't want to be standing anywhere near that person when they said that thing, and I'm sorry, but they're on our side when they said that. Um, this this movie does a really good job of just showing how insane some of these people were. Um, Andrew Callahan is that the guy? Andrew Callahan, did you look it up? Yes. No, I just was thinking about. Uh, I was like, this sounds like Channel Five. That guy has fluffy, curly I hair, too. 5. Is this... Oh, did you? Yes. My bad. I'm sorry. That's okay. I forgot where I was going with that anyway. This is like the third time. No, this. just... You're talking, talking about how, like, insane some of these people sound when they when they really get going and they feel, like, comfortable. This, you know? This person uh, cracked me up. Like, so she's, she's with a bunch of her Biden voting friends, and it was right after Biden won the election, and she pulls her mask down, looks dead in the camera, and says, I just want to say one thing. Senora Harris, or Senor, she said Senora Vice President Harris, and her friends all looked at her like, "Why the fuck would you say that?" Like that was cringy as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and like it, it, it got silent, and it, it tr- guys, trust me, it, it does a great job of making the right look like a fucking toaster in a bath. Also, well, I've so. seen uh, I've seen clips of him with a uh, fucking uh, God. We just keep coming back. Uh, oh God! I, to Alex Jones. To Alex Jones. Yeah, I think he's, he's in that I was movie. Like, I forgot he's his name in that movie, dude. It's so fucking funny. It's just God, why? Why does so much of our discourse revolve around Alex Jones and what a fucking insane? Because he's a character, he man. He's a he's a caricature. He's like he's a he's a main character of of some movie. 
So he comes up a lot. Like I don't know what movie that is, but he <laughs> he's clearly uh, in a, an influential person. I'm uh, really excited for in the certain day that, circles that I don't really have to think about him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, one day, one day. But uh, but yeah, Callahan back to the rocks. U.S. government dropping uh, bombs on people's houses. Um, <laughs> this person commented this on our page when we made that post. Uh. We we posted the picture of the the pistol taped to the rifle. We said checkmate, yeah. Fed boys. Like it's a complete joke. That obviously we're levitating in an AR in the air and taping a pistol to it and saying checkmate. Like that somehow circumvents the law. Clearly, it's a joke. And he went way too serious and said that funny moment when the U.S. government drops C4 on your house from a helicopter, rendering the automatic rifle defense pointless. And in parentheses, I do, I support the Second Amendment, but I'm a realist. There's no defending it, yourself from the United States. Is that a reference to the to the the uh, move bombing? Yeah, I that's that what, what that I is? thought. Yeah. <laughs> what, why For those would... who don't know, there was uh, there was I I don't know. I guess we can call them a militant organization. I won't call them extremists because who the fuck is an extremist? Anyone who is against the government. Um, but I I just think they were a pro black militant organization that yeah. Somehow, black, vaguely communist, like yeah, you know, just like like kind most of, organi- kind of a... like groups back then. Everyone was communist and yeah. and you know McCarthy era type type shit. Yeah. Um, but the Philadelphia police, um, I think it was the police. I don't think it was the army. No, it was the police. It was yeah, the fucking just police. The police dropped they dropped this... a bomb on their house from yeah a because they didn't want to send cops in because they were in there with guns and it ended up creating a conflagration which killed a bunch of people, a bunch of innocent people. Um, so yeah, the, the government will bomb you in your, in your house, but yeah, yeah this guy's <laughs> I just, just imagine like, Bush on just, the aircraft carrier. <laughs> this guy's just like having a fucking laugh about it. Like, and like, what's it's your the point? Same people like, oh, posing support... in front of the dead bodies in Waco. Yeah. I support. what's the point? Like, oh, I support gun ownership, but I'm a realist. Like, why are you here? Well, so like, back <laughs> to what we were talking about before, you know, like there are a few flaws with this logic and, and it's fine that people say this to an extent because, it's it's something that is constantly parroted without without uh, uh, analyzation from people. Like this is one of those things that people say often. Like Biden said, you're going to need F-15s, not AR-15s. The first of all, the assumption that the U.S. government, being like you're not going to defeat the U.S. government, is a single entity, not made up of individuals who are being told to kill other individuals, many of whom they would know if there was like a civil war situation going on and they were fighting in their own neighborhoods. Um. You know, would be one hundred percent compliant with their orders, is is silly. You know, say what you want about the military and and, and the and the well, the police are their own thing. But uh, the military that I was in was reservists, and and nobody's gonna die trying to shoot somebody. Uh, I shouldn't even say that. I don't fucking know everybody in the military. But um, two, the overwhelming amount of evidence that for almost every conflict we've been in since Vietnam, that proves that. Like some person with a rifle, quote unquote, falls somewhere in the capability spectrum uh, between just sustained demoralization of the army that's there and absolutely spanking them. Proves that people with rifles are like should not be underestimated. And the fact that if there was ever a situation, a large scale situation in the US, civilians make up the majority of the military supply chain. And it, it, it is, it is, if there was ever, 
a, a government versus civilian situation, regardless of the fact that you'd obviously have civilians that would be on the side of the government, there would be no way for them to maintain the supply chain that they have currently. And it's such a massive organization that it needs that. It needs a constant supply of bullets and band-aids for it to function properly. It's it, it, The point is that the the argument is more than just a rifle against the U.S. government. People like to minimize right. it to that. It's not just a person with a gun. It's 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 the same reason we lost Vietnam, like the yeah. Vietnam War. Well, and think about it this way, too, where it's like, you know, you can be reasonably sure uh, that you and your squad can pacify one guy in his house with a rifle, right? But if you've got to do that, like, at, like, six different houses in every neighborhood for every neighborhood in a city, and that's your job for the next, like, few months. In front of their kids, yeah, by the way. In front, you know, that's a, that's a really shitty job. That's and a even shitty if you're sure, job. E- even if you're sure gonna get a shit that you can do review. it, <laughs> even if you're absolutely sure that you can do it, you still might, at the beginning of that, think, I don't want to. You know, mm, I, you know, that's a lot. Eh. Uh, Genocide's you know. not really what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of problems with that logic. Yeah. It is, uh, it, it is definitely a... But cops are a little different, though. I feel like sometimes cops live for No, that 100%. Shit. That's why I was about to say that, and then I stopped, <laughs> because yeah. cops, are, cops are fucking pretty unpredictable. So is the yeah, military. Is like everyone's an individual at the end of the day, and you're gonna have some assholes. But I, but I do think cops at the end of the day are kind of like their own. Yeah, co- like cops are definitely the kind of people that will fly a helicopter over your house and drop an improvised explosive device, and then post about it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. How did they get Dorner? They they purposefully lit the house on fire, right? Someone I, was I like, "The know. maid's still in there," and they're like, "Whatever." Jesus fucking Christ. I think she didn't. I think it turned out she wasn't in there or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's but, good. But they didn't care. Is the point? Yeah. No. I uh, there's 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 so much. This is why I think it's important to like have conversations with people and and make sure that we're we're kind of meeting them where they're at instead of just fucking stomping on them with gun stats. Because when you see when you hear somebody make a, an argument like that. It's very easy for us to get caught up in the fact that they're saying something with the intention, and this is my perspective, with the intention of trying to make us angry. Even if they believe that, and even if that's actually not their intention, our, my perspective is that they're doing it to make me angry. And that's what I think gets a lot of people heated and why they come back oh, yeah. offensively. Oh, I've been there, and man. I, yeah. Oh no. Same. Same. There's like there's just some people. You know, when that person said that I was my page was resp- my pa- page is like mine, and my page was responsible for whether or not this person's brother tried to kill themselves again. That yeah, that fucking pisses me off. But I'm not going to take it personally because this person is clearly a hurt, a hurting person, and I know that it's not my fault, and I know it's not pages like mine, mine's fault doing that. It's 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 this person operating completely independent of of their environment, uh, like regarding firearms at least. I don't know what their environment is, but um, I think it's important that we meet people where they are, and go from there. When when we see somebody, we just talked about this on our on our story tonight because, um, 
we, the theme of the podcast. We're talking about good faith arguments. I, I think when we see somebody parroting a trope, like, yeah, uh, you need F-15s, not AR-15s. Like I was saying, as, as fucking annoying as it is that there's no accountability from people within their own circles, I think that the accountability we should provide as people opposed to them, as opposed to their viewpoint, we want the same thing. We want to end gun violence. We want to end people dying at the hands of guns and, uh, you know, unintentionally and through malicious reasons, not, you know, I, I, unfortunately I'm pretty sure defensive gun use is included in gun, gun violence statistics. So we don't want to end defensive gun use, but I think when someone says something like that and our first instinct is to get upset, um, that we really have to just reanalyze the, dude, this is like the fourth time I just forgot where the fuck I was going with this. <laughs> You're talking about, talking about not giving in to the tendency to believe that someone's just trying to piss us off. Like somebody yes. has come to the conversation and is parroting an yes. obviously disproven fucking uh, talking point yeah. that you've heard a million times. It's, we have you want, the... you want to assume that, you know, Hey, Maybe they believe that they haven't talked to people like me a lot. You yeah. know, I, I need to be patient and run them through this at least once because maybe they just haven't heard my, the reply that I have before. Exactly. And I think that we do a much better job when you meet somebody where they are and talk to them like a person who you're trying to teach instead of talk to someone like a person you're trying to correct, uh, then yeah, you know, if we were operating the way that we're operating right now, I think largely as a whole, where we're just constantly on the offensive, if they come at us on the offensive, well, where, and, I, and I, I've been really bad about that in the past too. You know, I, I've gotten a lot better in recent years. Oh, same, years, but, but uh, you have to recognize it though, and that's the only yeah. way of fixing it moving forward. You know, I, I, I have been, I have gotten very short with people, and you know, I, I've lost at least one or two friends, um, you know, because of that. Where it's like, you know, it's like the first. <laughs> You know, I had this, I had this friend that would, um, you know, I, he just like would chime in very periodically on political stuff and it would be like, it was just like always stuff that I had heard. Like, you know, it's, it's not new. And it's like you said, it's like, they think that they've like uncovered the fucking hidden truth of the universe when they're like, you know, well, Biden's better than Trump, you know, <laughs> shit like that. When you weren't arguing for Trump in the first place. Right, exactly, and and like so, you're arguing against Biden, not for Trump. I had a, you know, he. I don't even remember like what it was that I said, something vaguely pro gun, as I want to do, and he just went on this like spiel about like, you know, everyone thinks that they're a hero until they have to potentially use a gun with no training or mental preparation, um, like people have been playing too much Call of Duty. You know, I'm not against people using guns responsibly, but, you know, I think that it's foolish to not require, like, qualifications or something like that. And I'm just like, yeah. man, like, fucking, it was like the end of the day, and I was just like. Well, that's like the like, same. Like, now I'm going to post walls of text. Oh, no. Then, oh, no. Then, you know, and uh, now that guy's not really my friend anymore. So that's well, You know, that's a net positive, I think. Yeah. Because people like that are, are not usually. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think. No, I know. I'm you kidding. Know, this, <laughs> I, I, I lost a friend I could have handled that a lot fashion. better. Yeah. 
I lost, a, I wouldn't say a friend, but somebody that I, I had good times with that was definitely a good acquaintance in a similar fashion. Who's definitely never going to listen to this uh, podcast, uh, Paul, uh, if you're listening to this, which you're not. Um, we grew up together, went to high school together. We were in a band together. It was like a big thing. And then we just kind of grew apart after high school. And during the Trump-Hillary election, I was never pro-Trump, but I was very anti-Hillary. Oh, yeah. And, I've had a few of those. Yeah. And I was, it was misconstrued as me being pro-Trump sometimes just because I would criticize Trump. But that's not what people noticed. People noticed me. I would say the people who were voting for Hillary noticed me criticizing Hillary. The people who were voting for Trump were just as adamant that like I wasn't, I was criticizing Trump, but they weren't the ones that were posting on my Facebook page. And this guy blew up on me over this. And I don't even remember what he said, but it was, I, I clicked his profile after that and I was blocked immediately. Like didn't even have time to respond kind of thing. And that person, while they upset me at the time, I realized in retrospect, like was probably a deeply hurt individual somehow. Some, some, at some point somebody hurt him. And I think looking at that as a situation now, you know, like in, in retrospect, it really helps. I think, cause I think we could all relate to that. I think we could all relate to somebody on the internet somewhere overreacting because of something we said. And I think when you look at the person as a victim instead of an aggressor, it changes your outlook on how you treat them and how you approach the situation. And I, I think that that is something that we need to take away and use from the gun control situation. I think we need to stop looking at, even if, because it's so hard to tell what people's intentions are. If you approach the situation assuming the best intent, I think overall you're going to have the best possible uh, average outcome. And regardless, you know, you might have situations where people just tell you to go fuck off and block you. Like this person telling me that we were responsible for their kid brother trying to kill themselves or something like that. Yeah. I, and that's, I was and like, that's tough. So that's a situation where I don't blame the person for the way that they're coming. No, at me, no. Know? That, and that's what I mean. Like you have to honestly believe that. And I didn't blame them either. I truly saw them as somebody who is dealing with trauma and I don't, and I also don't, blame them for blocking us because yeah they don't have what, I mean, what they don't they have an obligation to contribute the to... emotional effort to like yeah, talk right. to some asshole faceless asshole on Instagram about guns when yeah. they're worried about their brother yeah. but i think if you treat that person with respect and don't belittle them then that person at some point in their lives will be more likely to open up that conversation either with you or with somebody else again than if you were like listen like fuck you you don't know what you're talking about. It's a magazine. Yeah, fuck not you. A clip. I your brother dies. Like, yeah, well, I wouldn't go that far. No. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like any of the any of the replayed Woody doll phrases that you know, yeah. program and people say. Listen, what a blessing in disguise sometimes too, right? Because it's like, okay, so she came to you and was like, "I think that you're hurting my brother because you're gonna get him into guns, which was gonna put him at risk." And you know, even though that that conversation didn't pan out with her and obviously and you didn't change her mind. Now, you know, there's somewhat, there's at least one person following you that may be struggling with suicidal thoughts and maybe also interested in getting a gun to protect themselves. Well, now, you know, you know, here's something that you might want to talk about. Here's something you might want to emphasize. Yeah. Um, here's, here's a subject that, that deserves like an increase in resources. So, you know, even though she didn't get out of it what she wanted, you know, maybe she still ended up helping her brother in, in some yeah. way just by expressing herself. Well, and that's like, you know, there there are things that I, I'm 
I'm surprised that I don't see more gun pages talk about that are real issues um, that affect us as gun owners, like children killing themselves by accident or killing friends with guns. Um, you know, ki- ki- firearm, firearm deaths were the number one cause of deaths in children under the age of 17 in 2022. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that other causes of death, death, other causes of death dropped significantly, but still, like it was like some crazy number, and it's it's not yeah, a number a that should be easily and, dismissed. And you're gonna expect that that number is gonna go up the more uh, new gun owners uh, enter the the shooting community, which right? was significant in the last couple of years. And you have to think like just by the the likelihood of of percentages with when you have a large influx of new gun owners like we did in, in during during 2020 and 2021 during covid and, and the protests and everything the the there is going to be a percentage of them that is not going to hold themselves to the same standard that you do and as a result that collateral damage is going to be noticed and i'm not saying that every new gun owner has blood on their hands i would never say that like i don't expect just like i don't expect to say that it's an activity that comes with an inherent risk um and if you're not prepared for it and if you don't know how to mitigate the risks um you know it can blow up in your face absolutely so you know that's something that i've planned on making a post about is is you know talking about locking your guns up if you have kids around and I'm not necessarily a proponent for safe storage laws personally because no, it's, no, it's just not. it's it's a feel good law. Well, it's not a law we, that's going to do about anything. This before yeah, you know, it's a law that's un, it's an unenforceable law, and the only way yeah. that you can enforce it is after something bad happens. So it's yeah. just it's a feel good law that people like to say like if it ever passed, they'd be like, yeah, see, we're fighting for you, even though there's no metric to measure the success of right. that. Right, and and I'm the same way. I don't believe in safe storage laws at all, but. You know, I just think uh, the you way should lock I, up your guns if your yeah. situation dictates. Yeah, exactly. I I store my guns the way that that like a reasonable self storage law might ask me to. You know, I don't I don't leave guns sitting around, and that's just well, because and reasonable of my is the situation. key word there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of what these people want is they want you to, you know, what I have to do when I travel through a state that I don't have a permit in. If I'm driving to another state where I'm going to go shoot. I have to keep my ammo and my firearm separate in my car. I keep I usually keep my my guns in my back seat and my ammo in my trunk because if I get pulled right. over and they're together, I can get in in uh, buku trouble. Um, a lot of these safe storage laws would quote unquote require you, which again is unenforceable until you break the law and they find out about it, uh, which would only come with the like admission of a crime. Um, they would require you to keep your ammo and your guns separate and locked which is something that if you are owning a gun for self-defense or home defense, completely goes against the reason you own that gun. It's just something that's not going to be followed and and people are not going to adhere to. So yeah, a reasonable, I would say a reasonable safe storage law, if it was a law, is just what people like us do if you have kids around or people around. Like, perfect example, like I have a kid who doesn't isn't able to walk isn't able to crawl yet she's seven months old she's not going to get up to the fourth drawer in my dresser and and pull a gun out of my sock drawer that i keep there when i sleep because i no longer keep it on my nightstand because i grabbed my fucking lamp in the middle of the night while i was sleeping 
and woke up to my wife telling me to put the lamp down. So at that point, I was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't keep a gun on my nightstand. But that is reasonable. <laughs> Honey, if you're listening to this, I still use that example as the reason that I moved my gun. <laughs> yeah. I had a gun right next to it. And like, that's that that truly scared me because I was like, I I sleep talk sometimes. I I get up and do weird shit in my sleep. Yeah, I don't walk around. But like, wild. Dude, it's weird. So since we've had this baby... I've woken up and thought the baby was in bed with us multiple times when she hasn't wow. been. Yeah, and I freak out That's because crazy. I'm like, babe, what are you doing? Because twice she slept in our bed. Once when she was sick. Twice, actually both when she was sick. And she wouldn't sleep in the crib, like at all. So set her up in a way that she was like rested in the like the nook of her arm with a pillow on the other side so she couldn't move her arm. And she sleeps on her back anyway, so she's not going anywhere. And the... Uh, my wife does. Uh, <laughs> she she you sleeps on her fool. bed. You fool! <laughs> You've done it now. Run, you fools! Uh, that I listen. Two and a half hours. That was pretty good. Took me that long to say the name, but um. So, but I've woken up. I woke up three nights ago, three or four nights ago, and I thought I saw the baby in the bed, face down, with a white hoodie on. We have a white down blanket but it looked like a torso looking at it from the top of the head and arms out to the side. And I was like, babe, what, why is she in the bed? What's she doing? And I started like patting the blankets like ferociously. And my wife was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I thought the baby was in the bed. And she was like, go the fuck to sleep, please. But yeah, I started yeah. having weird ass dreams like that. I sleep deprivation changes in your, in your, you know, you're like adrenaline and, and just like all kinds of stuff. Ha- having a baby is wild. Is having this really a young... in a better way to a podcast if we don't talk about our kids at least once? Oh, God. <laughs> the yeah, last one, I feel like we got a lot out. Cast. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I got to say that the first, um, I've never been so consistently disoriented as I was in the first like two weeks uh, post-birth. I, it was wild. Yeah, um, I can imagine. You know, the, and, and even now the, the weird sleep patterns and the, and, and everything, man, it's crazy. I've been having weird dreams too. I don't know. I don't really want to get into it on the podcast, but. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. We can talk I've about been, that in the, in the signal if you want, if you want yeah. to vent to someone. That's crazy, man. But yeah, yeah. It just, it's just the stress, the stress and the, and the, the weird sleep and all that just does stuff to you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Though yeah. so, we were talking about safe storage laws. Oh, That's safe storage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but but it's another it's another <laughs> example of just Holy like something shit. that you know it's a good idea to safely store your guns. However, makes sense for you, but it's not a good idea for the the government to be like this is the one system that must work for everyone. Exactly. It'd be like if you had a seatbelt law, but the seatbelt was invisible. There'd be no way to enforce that because that's essentially unless you're advocating for cops to come do checks randomly in people's homes, there's no way to enforce that. So, yeah, it's something you should do as a responsible gun owner if your situation dictates and depending on yeah, depending on your situation. But it's not something that should be mandated because so it's just about, a waste of time. It's a it's a it's yeah. a lot of fluff. What do you think about um, this is something that's come up with me in a lot of conversations where people are like, um. When you own a gun, it's more likely to be used against you than in your than in your defense. Um, I feel like I hear this a lot, 
and you know, and I I have looked into it, and I know like where that claim comes from and why it's bullshit. But I think it, a lot like, of it comes from the. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I go think ahead, a lot please. of it comes from the assumption that women can't take care of themselves, and specifically aimed at female gun owners or or, or like femme gun owners. Um, and I think it is while there are examples like domestic abuse examples of of a a person's gun being used against them i don't think that it represents an equal representation across the board as gun owners um or or a, a, a like like a or a relevant statistic for 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 women at all because there are plenty out there who i would say are more capable gun owners and more capable shooters than than their spouses and their significant others um i i think like the pool analogy earlier i think when you have a gun in your home it's it's more likely to be used against you than uh like it not being used against you um, but I don't necessarily know. Well, t- tell me this. Where does that where does that stat come from? Okay, so the idea is that at some point, some stat, some statistical study found that people with guns in their homes were more likely to die from gunshot wounds, like to be shot does to this death. Include than people. It included all all kinds. People with okay. guns in their home were more likely than people with no guns in their home to die from a gun. It included self-inflicted wounds. It also included people that were shot with guns they didn't own. Um, so what had happened was, um, you know, when, when anybody bothered to fucking look into this study, what had happened was it included uh, a lot of people that lived in, in like high crime areas. And the theory on like why this study is, is bullshit is that, you know, it's, it's like, it's a safe assumption that people who live in places that make them scared, uh, are going to be more likely to buy a gun and people who live in places that are scary with a lot of violence are also probably more likely than other people, you know, to, to be victims of violent crime. Yeah. So, and the one thing that this study didn't show and couldn't show because it didn't actually collect that data was how many of these people had their own guns like turned on them, you know, because there were, there were suicides, right. And there were people that were like murdered. Um, but it was very difficult to figure out how many of these were people who tried to defend themselves with their own gun and were then killed with their own gun, disarmed and killed with their own gun versus like them having their own gun in the house, but being killed by somebody with uh, somebody else with their own gun, right. With somebody with somebody else's gun. Sorry, I took my hand off the Yeah, yeah, bar. yeah. Yeah. So, having a gun in your house, you're more likely to die of a gunshot wound than right. using your gun, your gun against somebody else. Right. Yeah, that makes but, total sense. But, but I, it's, so this it's is not, like a the the statement makes sense, but yeah. the 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 intention of the 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 reason they use that statement is disingenuous. And this is right. why why it's so important to have these conversations. I feel like a doctor. I'm just like, listen, we have to sit down. We have to talk about this. Um, because I think when you, when you hammer out the intention of studies like that, or whether or not the study had that intention, but when you hammer out the reason these people use statistics like that, um, and, and point out that 
like you just did, that while that statement is true, it doesn't tell the whole truth. Right. Uh, I, or, I think or it that, doesn't even necessarily, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really tell you anything valuable. No, it literally, it means nothing more than saying if you have a pool in your house, uh, at your house, you're more likely to drown. Yeah. If you drive a car, you're more likely to die in a car accident. Right. <laughs> Just statistically, you're more likely to die from something that you have in your home than sure. something you don't have in your home. Like as a motorcycle right. rider, I used to get so annoyed when people would be like, I used to say it to my wife as a joke. Because when I would go on long rides, like like road trips, six, seven, eight hours, whatever, I I would say, uh, you know, honey, you're more likely to die within five miles of your house than you are outside of that range. Um, but I would say it as a joke because, of fucking course, you're more likely to die within five miles of your house. That's where you do the most driving. You're always coming back to your house. You're always leaving from your house. So it's it's a statistic that makes sense. Yeah. But it doesn't mean what people. It doesn't mean that like. Drivers are more violent five miles from your particular yeah, house right. or bat worse drivers. It just means that you do the most driving around that area. So you're statistically more likely to die in that area. Just like if you have a gun in the house, you're more likely to die of a gunshot wound. If you have a blender in your house, you're more likely to die by getting fed inch by inch, limb by limb into that blender by a psychopath who invaded your house in the middle of the night than you are if you didn't have a blender yeah. in your house. Yeah, all you got to do is you don't own a blender, and then the fucking uh, Southside blender killer comes in your house and is like, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. I got to get out of this place. I don't have a plan B. <laughs> yeah, that's how you protect yourself, guys. Yeah, don't have a blender in your house if you don't want to die from a blender. But, like... No, I mean, it It makes total sense. <laughs> Apparently, I, I was told by somebody at a work function that I got really drunk at uh, that I was in the bathroom, um, and when they walked in, I was talking about how if I was going to kill myself ever, I would make sure not to do it with a gun because I didn't want to contribute to the statistic. And I, I always thought that was funny because I don't remember saying that. Uh. But it makes me feel like that even in a moment of weakness... Not that I'm suicidal at all, just just as a as a uh, uh, foreclosure there, but foreclosure, Jesus Christ, disclosure, disclosure, full disclosure, a full disclosure. Um, that even in my like most vulnerable state, where I was just almost blackout drunk, I still stuck to my morals and stuck to my values. And said <laughs> that I would, <laughs> I would not contribute to the suicide statistics with a firearm yeah. if I was going to do that, but um. No, like, yeah, if you have a gun in your house, you're more likely to kill yourself with a gun because you have a gun in your house. Of course. It's it's quick. It's easily easy, I would think, just based on my experience. I don't know. Um, that being said, fuck, have you ever seen somebody try to do it and fail? Oh, God. That's pretty bad. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so I don't know, man. Like, that. <laughs> there are other ways. Uh, anyway, so, I'm not yeah, encouraging the, the, this or yeah. saying, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying statistics are funny. Statistics, statistics yeah, are black and white, but the yeah, intention but always... of why people use them is not always. Yeah, correct. And it, and it's really tough too, because we, we go back to this, this idea of like trying to figure out is somebody just uninformed inexperienced, or do they just not care? And they're just here to like, give you a hard time. And you know, I feel like we keep coming back to it. it's like, you know, even though it's frustrating for you, you have to err on the side of patience 
Yes. Uh, because when you don't, things go very badly. Um, you know, and it's 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 just this the cycle goes around and around. Um, and I think best case scenario, if you err on the side of best intent, that person has the best intent with what they're saying. Best case scenario, they're ignorant and they truly don't know, and you're providing them a resource to learn from. Worst case scenario, they're an asshole and they're trying to stoke the pot. And by being polite back to them and respectful, you're making them look like a bigger asshole. So it's a win-win. There's no reason. There's no reason for us to be assholes. We have the knowledge. We have we have the home the home field advantage here. Like we have all the statistics in our favor. Objectively speaking, I would say. Because, like I said, sure, you could find statistics that say you're more likely to die from a gunshot wound if you have a gun in the house, but it doesn't mean what they're saying. We have all this information that works in our favor. We need to act like we have the advantage. And by doing so, by acting like we have the advantage, we're not condescending, we're not rude, we're not inflammatory, and we're looking at the situation as something that we bring something to, not something that we are trying to remove somebody from. And I think that is a big thing that we need to work on as a community because the the solutions are going to come from us. Obviously, the solutions are not going to come from people that are anti-gun because they haven't yet. And while we have the solutions, we struggle to implement them because I really don't feel like as a community that we are we are unified in in what we want. And whether we want the same thing or not, we're not unified in how we're going to get there because there yeah. are still a large everyone who's anti gun can compromise. Whether you're whether you just think that we should have less guns or we should have less uh certain guns off the streets or we should have complete gun control, I feel like all of the people who are pro gun control can compromise and say, Okay, well, like if we have to get rid of all the guns to do it, then I'm fine with that. But we have to be more unified in our resolve because we we can't just pick one direction. We can't just say like, okay, whoever has the most votes, that's the way we're going to go. We have to pick the most effective solution because right. at the end of the day, everything is on the line for us and nothing is really on the line for them because they're not losing anything by losing. We are losing everything by losing yeah. when, when, when it is our rights <laughs> and our ability yeah. to defend ourselves. And they feel like they're losing something because they're losing their sense of safety and their sense of peace that, you know, it's it's they have this like feeling of like, you know, yes, if of only if only I know that those guys don't have easy access to guns, then I then I will feel safe. If we could get rid of exploding automatic bullets, my life would be easier. Yeah, the heat seeking ones. No, but okay. So sorry, sorry to make fun of uh, ignorant people. You know, it's not their fault. Um, Listen, we're all human. Like it, this is the thing that like somebody came onto our page and was like, "What is this? What is this helping?" You know, when we were we we, had a po- we made a post after the. Uh, um, Monterey Park shooting, and and I think a couple of the comments that we posted were just you can tell I was frustrated when I posted them because I was just saying like we want we want the same fucking thing, and I was just angry and upset that we had another mass shooting, and we're getting blamed again for this. This person commented and said like What is this doing? Like you're not solving anything by having this conversation. I said sometimes like we're human. Sometimes we just need to talk to like minded people and vent a little. And they said. Something along the lines of, well, like, shouldn't you be trying to talk to people who disagree with you? To which I replied, 
Yes, absolutely. And we do that all the time, but it's fucking exhausting. And yeah, sometimes we just need a little bit of confirma- confirmation from people who aren't going to jump down our throats. So, yeah. yes, while you shouldn't be rude to people, to their faces, and in a conversation where you're trying to have, uh, like, have a talk with somebody and convince them of your beliefs, make fun of people if, if, it, if it takes some weight off your shoulders and makes you laugh a little bit. I don't think we should feel bad for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get you, man. I just try to keep it positive these days, you know? Yeah, I think it's positive, I've, man. I've, I think I've fomented a lot of negativity in my life. I'm just trying to be trying to be more positive. I think you're a positive individual. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. Radical earnestness, that's what I'm about now. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think we could all learn something from that. Well, do you have yeah. any anything specific that you want to add that you think we haven't covered? I know there's some things in in the notes, but uh, I did, but I forgot. Yeah, well, welcome to my life. <laughs> this entire fucking podcast <laughs> has just been. It'll be summarized with me having. It's like I feel like I'm starting the uh, Independence Day speech <laughs> on the airfield. But just imagine him stopping two lines in and being like, uh, <laughs> I, I forgot where I was going with this. That. <laughs> I felt so, like, so, like, I had such a strong opener multiple times, and then it just, <laughs> out of my brain. Yep. Yep. I'm just looking real quick to see if there's anything that is, like, a, absolutely, we should talk about this. I just feel like it's important to represent yourself well. It's important to be honest and earnest. Um, be on the lookout for people that just want to drain your your energy, and try to disengage without being you know rude or inflammatory. Yeah, and, I would agree with that. You know, I I think also keep in mind too that for for us specifically and the people that 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 are like minded with us, it will be a very big it will be a great struggle our whole lives because our solutions are not palatable to people that want immediate results we talk about systemic change uh we talk about changing things that you know we we will see the benefits of these changes in like the next generation right so i you know the anti-gunners they're like how do we stop the next mass shooting from happening and i'm like you know okay well how do we just stem the tide of, of angry, lonely, hurt people that want to do violence. Um, you know, that's the bigger question for me. Uh, but it's not going to stop the next one. It's not going to stop the next 10. Um, there will be mass shootings. There will be suicides. There will be all kinds of, you know, horrible acts committed with guns before, um, you know, we finally get to the, to the root causes of these, of these, you know, social ills. Uh, and people don't, people don't want that. They don't want to go down that path. Um, they want to try to find something that's going to fix it now and then bury their heads in the sand when it doesn't work. And I would give yourself more credit with that though, because I think while it might not be an on and off switch of, of cause and effect, I think implementing a policy that over time is going to positively affect a systemic issue does have an effect immediately, even if it's just for one person. Sure, sure. If you're the first person in the queue, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't want Brits out there. And <laughs> the it is a brand new policy. It, <laughs> I, I saw a pic, I saw the video of myself from the feed right now, and I just like my eyes 
Okay, I look like I got an hour and a half of sleep in the last 48 hours. This is what I look Isn't like. Isn't that wild? Why yeah. does it look like that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I understand it, I understand that. Doing I'm just, something I'm, helps someone, even yes. if the effect is not measurable on a larger scale. I just think that uh, my, what, what I'm getting at is that it can be very discouraging yeah. when people are like constantly saying, no, like, no, we don't want to do that. No, we don't want to do that. We want We want something right now. You think about um, it as like starting an exercise routine. Yeah, exactly. It's something that is going to have marked marketed like benefits o- over the course of time, but it's not something you're going to pick up on tomorrow. Right, right. But you still got to stick to it, and you know, hopefully, people will. Uh, hopefully, people will see it for what it is over time. That's it. Andrew, do you have a piece of advice that you'd like to leave? The uh, the audience with, like we do from our guests. Build habits. Don't just go for quick solutions. Build habits that are gonna that are gonna save you energy for the rest of your life. It's very on brand for this episode. Yep. Help. Awesome. You didn't have to repeat that noise. Yep. Can you reenact the noise that your son was making while he was digging in his yard earlier? (laughs) (laughs) It's a chainsaw noise, by the way. That's what that was. Yeah, he was. He has a little uh, toy handsaw, and he thinks he's pretending it's a chainsaw, and that's his motor noise. So, for those who have zero idea what we're talking about, Andrew and I and a couple other people are in a group chat right now, and he sent me a sent us a video of his son, yeah, with a little plastic handsaw, uh, digging in the yard. And the uh, the comment from somebody else in the chat was, "I appreciate your son's gargilic no- gargilic noises," and those are the noises he was making. But because it had been put into my head as a gargilic noise. There was no way I was ever going to connect that it was a chainsaw that he was trying to imitate. <laughs> and now it makes sense, but that's that's the noise he was making, and, and his son is absolutely precious. Um, not that anybody here is ever going to see him, but just take my word for it. He looks like a little grown man. Yeah, I, I might, you know, if you come and, and, and talk to me and I find out you're not some fucking weird bot, um, you know, you might you might someday get pictures of my son. Yeah, if you ever meet us in person and say you listen to the podcast, we'll show you kid pics, but they're never going kid on the internet here. <laughs> Bro, I got so many pics. kid pics on my phone. Dude, that's like Don't all I have. Don't open up that album. It's all kid pics. Man, I'll, just pictures pictures of my son doing things, just anything. That's like... Yeah. I never thought I was going to be that person. I, I, bought, I, was, I bought space. I, I pay Google for storage space for all my fucking pictures. Um, yeah, I have a terabyte of cloud storage. Yep. Yep. And, and, and a lot of that is kid photos and I never thought I was going to be there. It took me a while to get there. I will say it just, it took me a while to realize the things that needed to be realized to get to that point. But, uh, yeah, every fucking photo that gets sent to me, I save, uh, of, of her. And all the photos that, I, and, I, and for redundancy, I have a OneDrive. Yeah, <laughs> that I that I save everything yep. to, and I've I've creating <laughs> I've been slowly creating a first year video. Oh yes, I love that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. But here's a fun little uh, parent hack. Um, if you got more money than time, um, 
Google uh, Pictures uh, will they they have a service now in in the interest of monetizing their their Google Pictures service. Um, they where you can you you make an album, right? And then you, there's a little button that's like buy a photo book of this album, and they will yeah, using artificial that. intelligence generate an a, appealing little like you know like a coffee table hard hardcover photo book for you. And it can be, it'll, it's like 20 bucks. That's really neat. It yes. uses photos that you have though, right? Like it's yes. not AI, yeah, correct. AI photos. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's from your photos. It like picks, uh, like, like, like aesthetically pleasing photos. Like it, like it knows like which photos are blurry and stupid. And it's like, not that one. That's you cool. Know? <laughs> and so you can, you can do stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of my most interesting shots are action shots and they're blurry well you need a better you need a better camera you need a better shutter speed dude i bought a better camera if there's anybody who's noticed i can't fucking talk right now look guys for those at home this is a mixture of it's it's mostly exhaustion but uh i've, <laughs> I've been combating that with uh whiskey since the beginning of this podcast the whiskey the whiskey um and uh, but I think I'm I'm more on the tired spectrum now than I am on the intoxicated spectrum, and I think that's why I'm slurring my words. I think I just yeah. be closer to a stroke than I am at being drunk right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you better go to bed, buddy. Yeah, the last two people that I've uh, the last two nights that I've worked, um, so we sleep in the same room as other people. I've been told the last two nights that I've worked overnight that I snore like a fucking rhinoceros. I don't know what noise like a rhinoceros makes. I just made that up, but snoring like crazy, and it's a new thing for me. I never used to snore at work. Oh, I got the apnea, bro. Do you? I haven't been diagnosed, but I know I have it. Yeah. Has Has your wife said that you stop breathing in your sleep? We both do. As long as it's not at the same time. Yeah, as we don't, just don't simultaneously <laughs> die. Nobody, nobody do a hard reset to the family. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's just the kind of trauma my son needs. Yep, yep, yep. That's uh, when you get the red ring of death in the my Xbox li- and you turn it off and it doesn't you, turn son. back on. <laughs> oh, God. We're blown. Why would you say what? Here you go. Everything that was mine is now yours because we have both died simultaneously. As far as the eye can see. God. Up into the fence. I want to get, they make um, mouthpieces that are supposed to help with it. And I want to get, yeah, that move your bottom jaw forward. Yeah, yeah. I want to get that. Yeah, for snoring, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Well, but it's supposed to to be for snoring from sleep apnea, too. Um, Okay. You it know, opens it, up your airway. Fun yeah. fact, that's what you're supposed to do when uh, you perform CPR on somebody. Uh, if well, their airway their is closed. Well, yeah. If their you airway is closed. I'm telling just you. Just fucking yank their jaw just right out. Just fucking yank on it. Grab their jaw through their mouth. Put your hand in their mouth. <laughs> grab their jaw. It pops and fuck, pull it like a ripcord. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called the head tilt chin lift. Oh, uh, why did jaw you say thrust. that? Head tilt, chin lift, jaw, th- jaw thrust. Head tilt, fuck. You said yeah. insane. It's it's too. Yeah, I'm I'm losing it. I'm sorry, guys and gals. Um, it is. Uh, yeah. I. All right. You can look it up if you're interested. Um, <laughs> here's some goggles. Here's some. I swear, on most Googling. days I'm a competent EMT, and uh, I will do 
a fantastic job of rendering aid to you or a loved one. Um, just not right now. But this is fun. Uh, if you guys stick around this long, thank you so much. We had a great time, as always. Jesus Christ, um, what are you doing? <laughs> Get back I, to this your is life. an outro. It's an no, outro. I'm, talk- I'm oh. talking to the audience. <laughs> yeah. Why are you, you still here? To us for the- yeah, well, it's not midnight for everyone who's listening to this. Yeah, Some point. people listen to this over the course of multiple days. They have that that's luxury. True. That's true. Luxury. Uh, probably, I, their I, life is probably chaotic, and that's why they have to do that. I've been there. Yeah, when I do proof listening, it's always in the car on the way or to or from work. It's the only the way to really do it. I've I've been uploading this immediately to iTunes, and by immediately I mean like two days from now, a day before we have to upload it to post. Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling to listen to it, but yeah, it's it's way easier to do it that way. I listen to it on a commute or like when I'm doing housework or something like that than than um, sitting in front of my computer for two and a half hours and trying to stay concentrated on it. All right, the last 15 minutes of this show has been absolute chaos, and uh, I'm sorry to everybody who's still part of this. I promise this is the end. Um, we are at exactly... Actually, if we wait 10 minutes, this will be exactly three hours since we started this recording. Ten seconds, dude. Uh, five seconds for... The, the first half is on Patreon. Subscribe to get it, and you'll listen to it then. All right, bye. Bye.